It's episode 278 of The Platformers, a show about games and nerd culture, and I'm your host, Brian Barnett. And I am the random co-host that he keeps pulling in from Australia for some reason, Chris Cornelise, aka Delphia. Hey, what's going on? Not much. A bright, sunny day in uh, Tuesday morning. <laughs> yeah. Just to throw <laughs> things off for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice, uh, pleasant, very, very too hot evening where I'm at. So, yeah, I'm excited to be inside and all showered up and, with, you know, hy- hydrating and all that sort of stuff because it's pretty miserable out there today. Stay hydrated. This is a threat. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Drink up, everybody. And drink up, me hearties. Yo-ho. Yo-ho, indeed. And we're going to talk about pirates later on. That we are. Uh, but this is a show about video games and we're going to talk about a lot of video games because since the last time we recorded, uh, I flew to San Francisco and saw, uh, three really cool games that I'm excited to talk about and we will find out if I can talk about them. Uh, and there have been a number of showcases, um, talking about all kinds of, all kinds of games. Uh, so we're going to dip into that in a little bit. Uh, and, uh, I also did a preview, uh, and we played and beat Diablo four. So we're going to talk a lot about a lot of these things, um, throughout the show. Chris, where did you want to start? My friend, did you have anything you wanted to get off your chest on Uh, this this fine, fine day, morning, evening? Well, a lot of my thoughts and discussions will end up being on Diablo. And, um, Mm. just, I can quickly say that, uh, way better than i was expecting really good currently my pick for game of the year even over yeah and that's having played zelda no i'm not crazy um so yeah but uh we can discuss that in depth but i think we should probably uh knock out you know i'm curious to hear more about your previews and everything first plus all these showcases we probably should knock out what what uh what do you want to start with I'll let you. I'll let you uh, select our pathway through this, this, uh, this miry bog of content that we have this uh, week. Let's see. How about you tell me about uh, this Wayfinders game? I keep hearing about. If you're able to. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Sure. Um, so uh, Will and Josh were not able to join us this week, uh, but I played alongside of them. Uh, I played this game, uh, Wayfinder. Um, uh, which is in beta. So this is one of the games that Will and I saw at uh, PAX East. So we talked about that on our PAX Stravaganza episode, um, which I think was like... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me actually look it up. PAX Stravaganza, episode 272. Uh, So there you go. Uh, You can go listen to an hour and 40 minutes of Will and I just going into the weeds about all these sorts of things. So uh, we played Wayfinder there, but it was way more limited. So with this Wayfinder beta, we covered um, a lot more ground. Uh, We were given basically free reign of a lot of different sections, uh, like the intro of the game. Uh, We were given, you know, access to different characters than we had at PAX. But this is a game by Airship Syndicate, which are the makers of uh, Battle Chasers Night War and Darksiders, um, and, uh, all those sorts of things. Uh, one of the heads of the studio is Joe Matarera, who has done the battle chasers, um, comic series and a bunch of other comics. Like if you like that kind of chunky, 
uh, aesthetic and art style from like the the key art and the promo art from Darksiders and these other games, um, then like this is absolutely just going to be more of that. Um, but instead of being a you know Battle Chasers Night War was a party based single player classical RPG, uh, you know uh, Darksiders was a third person action game a la you know Zelda god of war these sorts of things and this is kind of uh melding the two but in a kind of mmo light format okay Um, so yeah so it is uh class-based there are uh one of the interesting things about it is on a single account you can definitely unlock any number of classes and you can switch between them at any time which i think is really cool you can kind of equip different uh, characters like you could job classes in Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, that was um, my first thought. And then you say yeah. single character classes, and I'm like, yep, there we go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, one of the interesting things uh, about it is I think combat feels very different than one would expect from an MMO. It's it's kind of like a... Uh, it's kind of like if you play Darksiders 3, it's kind of like that, but I think kind of a better version of that sort of... Uh, combat but it's in the party based system so your parties can consist of up to three characters um and you know you will it's all about uh building things you know crafting things um gathering resources running um dungeons multiple times there are things uh that are kind of reminiscent of you know early to mid uh, super giant games where like you'd play bastion and you can put on these modifiers and things like that. Oh, these, uh, enemies will do X, Y, and Z dangerous thing or whatever. Um, one thing that I really enjoyed was going into these different modifiers, getting, picking up these, these, uh, these consumable items and then using them to be like, okay, let's do a, uh, God, I forget what it was called. Uh, but like it's like a shadow suffix or whatever and then all of a sudden you know you'd kill these enemies and after you kill them like there'd be a shadow nova explosion after they died like there's these like little modifier things just extra Um, stuff to have to watch out for exactly and when you do that you're adding more dangerous things but you're also amping up the rewards that you'll get um so i like playing wizard characters in these games and uh i think his name is Kairos or something like that. Uh, he was craftable, but I actually wasn't able to get everything I needed to make him uh, this time around. So I ended up playing the rogue. So this is a, uh, a female character who is kind of like a kind of like a dark elf type of a thing from Dungeons and Dragons. Her people are from way underground. They've lived there since time immemorial. She's coming up to the surface to help people sort out everything that's going on with the planet. There's this fog that's rolled in, and it's basically like kind of like demon souls it's kind of like split the world apart and there's not that much that's still remaining so your job is to go out and find artifacts that will let you establish personal connections to distant places that will then let you teleport to them um that's kind of how this thing works like you have to you can only navigate the gloom and reconnect the world together if you have like a personal attachment to it. So your character is going around finding memories about these old places or finding artifacts that are like emotionally charged or really important to other people. And then you can go into these dungeons, uh, you know, in these 
far off lands that you've kind of wandered to, and then you'll be able to get to them from the hub back home. So you're kind of bringing, like going out into the world. And if you're familiar with world of Warcraft or you're familiar with, you know, any of these other things, like you go out into the barrens and you do whaling caverns. But then what if after you do that, you go back home to Orgrimmar. Sorry guys, I'm horrid. So that's (laughs) what I'm going to be talking about. And then you go down into like the shadow cleft. And instead of it just being, you know, the one dungeon that you have in your city, you could also go to this other one, but without having to go back into the place where it really is out in the world. So it's, you know, there's these, these hubs and these crafting uh, characters that are all around. There's a bunch of side quests. Um, Feels pretty good to me. Um, I like it. Uh, I I think that the, the, the one area that I think that it could use a little bit of work and granted, this is like beta or pre beta. Um, but the combat feels like a little bit floaty to me and the writing is very like, I don't, I don't know that this is going to change because there's also a lot of voice acting going on, but like some of the writing is like very noun laden and, uh, kind of repetitive. Like they're always talking about the gloom there. Somebody's always, you know, all that sort of stuff is just always being talked about. Uh, so I wish it, it wasn't, uh, that way this is definitely yeah, one less of those nouns uh, more just actual characters yeah discussions yeah. Things. and there's <laughs> this definitely to me feels like the value in this is gameplay first um which i mean i i have That's a lot fine. of fun doing like, there are some <laughs> cool puzzles uh in there obviously it needs you know it needs a lot of work it's going to get a lot of work i don't think it's coming out until like way later this year or maybe next year let me see if I can pull this up. If it's uh, built MMO light, I assume it's, you know, the the idea will be vaguely live service, like more, like if not full on, then just, you know, the occasional update and things like that and just rolled out and developed over time. One would hope, but it might just be, yeah, know, it might just be brought out and good to go immediately. Like novel concept, I know, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, I definitely feel like it, it, this is one of those situations where like, it it needs like this is true of a lot of things like if you're playing something in early access you're playing something in beta like the understanding is that it's going to be a little rough around the edges but understand that like a lot of those rough edges are going to get sanded off of course um and so like just kind of the blanket uh statement about like you know i'm excited to play a more polished version of this but i think that the core loop is is pretty good you know and this definitely uh you know the I played Destiny for a long time, and I I think that that game can support single player, but I think that it really it doesn't uh, hold up as well as it does when you're playing with a group. Like obviously, hanging out with people, talking, running around, doing all the stuff that you're doing, like that's where the game kind of shines, and that's definitely still going to be the case here. You know, like this is this isn't gonna gonna uh, you know hold up to the same single player. Uh, scrutiny that let's say you know foreshadowing a Diablo 4 is gonna do you know that's a situation where like you can play with other people you can play by yourself does not matter game is great um, and we we will see you know what comes later for Wayfinder but what I will say is um, the gameplay loop and doing stuff with other people is fun enough that like if people are saying, hey, you want to play some Wi-Finder, like, I'm, you know, I don't have anything against that. I'm definitely up for for jumping in and playing some. Servers up, here's my name, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
which is kind of a lot of like what, um, you know, Street Fighter has been doing. Like for me, like other people, I'm just, I'm hearing like, hey, I'm going to go and create a room. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'll be right there, you know, uh, which is, drop in and drop which out. is, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great way to be. And I am, I'm definitely excited to, uh, to play more and to play my character because, you know, I like the rogue. She's cool. She can teleport around and, you know, do all this sort of stuff. She has combo points, kind of like a, uh, you know, World of Warcraft rogue or and things like that. Like, you know, but, uh, I like my magic boy. I Understandable. So I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I typically play yeah. mages and such in that sort of game as well, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. And, and Kairos in in, uh, in Wayfinder is interesting because he's a melee mage. So Ooh, like that's cool. His spells are close. Like he does he does like the shadow claw thing where he summons these claws that come up from the ground and like rake people towards him. Um, and then he's got like you know, abilities that will like shoot out and tether other people and then blow up after eight seconds. So he's got like, he's, he's in like close to mid range type of thing, which is not normal for wizards. You know, as you know, like a lot of times they'll be like, you're super squishy. You really need to be very far away from people and, you know, have all that sort of stuff. It's and a very underserved archetype and yeah. we could use more of it, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Kairos is not afraid to get up close and personal. Uh, with uh, with enemies, which I think is really interesting and cool. So, but anyways, yeah, that's Wayfinder. Well, Check has, it out. has my interest for sure. It's gonna be on uh, definitely PC. Yeah. It would it have to be all the games are on PC typically, right? Yeah, PC, PS5, Epic Games. So yeah, oh yeah, uh, PS5, Steam, Epic. Okay, good. So cool. So that's that. Um, where do we want to go next? Uh, how about we hit up one of these showcases and then we'll dip back to individual games because we've got a few showcases to sprint through. <laughs> let's do it. Do you have the uh, info up? Yep, I have the uh, quick announcement of all the uh, Xbox showcase stuff, which was the first chronologically, I believe. So we want to go through that. Okay, awesome. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you lead, us, uh, lead us on uh, through this? All right, so I'm basically just, I'm effectively just going down the list of uh, IGN's everything announced showcasing. So uh, shout out to Logan Plant, our boy who has done pretty much all of these. So uh, I don't know how the hell you do it, but uh, good stuff. So first on the docket, there is a trailer, teaser trailer for Fable by Playground Games. So they are the Forza Horizon guys, I want to say, or no? I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah. So again, haven't uh, said uh, like a lot of these. I haven't sat down and properly watched. I'm just going through the list here. But um, people seem generally okay with this. Like I know they teased that. Yeah, we're making a new fable. It's going to be a reboot. Check it out. Like years ago, and then this, and then it's just been kind of quiet. So cool. You are uh, you are correct. I thought you were correct, but I wanted to definitely uh, be sure. So uh, yeah. Forza Horizon 4, Lego, Fable, and Forza Horizon 5. So, yep. So, a little different. Yeah, a little different from their uh, typical cars. But um, should be interesting to see what they do. The tone is apparently pretty good. It's still kind of got that whimsy to it that, uh, you know, Fable is. I wouldn't say it's lighthearted, but it definitely is not, like, super serious. It's It kind of rides that edge of, like, 
yeah, not not Grimm's fairy tale, but fairy tale kind of feel. So it's right there yeah. in the name Fable. So yeah, uh, Richard Ayoade from the IT crowd was in it. You know, doing his Richard Ayoade thing, uh, which was pretty good. You know, it's fun. Looks cool. Can't complain. Hope it's good. Uh, I'm not a huge Fable mark, so um, mainly because I didn't have an Xbox back in the day, so I didn't get around yeah. to it until much later. So uh, I didn't really care. Uh, this, I mean, this is definitely a hot take, um, but I am. I, I was a huge fan of the first one, and then didn't really vibe with two or three uh, at all. I don't think uh, that's which I feel a like hugely is, hot take. Like I know three is really? generally maligned. Two. People hold a candle for two, but a lot of people still think the first was the best. So, really, okay, yeah. Everybody I've talked to is like, yeah, two and three are dope, and you know all that. So, like, three was apparently quite maligned because, yeah, it's kind of cut the scope back a bit. Was a lot more focused, I guess. I again, I didn't play it myself, so I don't really know the full details. But I know it was generally considered the worst of them. So. Okay. It was well, then I don't feel so bad for bouncing off of it multiple times. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. So I'm definitely open to it uh, coming back, but like I don't, you know, I don't have a horse in this race. Yeah, fair. Same. I do have a horse in the next race, though, that being Cyberpunk 2077's Phantom Liberty. Yeah, I'm excited. It seems like it's mm-hmm. going to be good. I am hopeful. <laughs> but, um, yeah. so. My my love affair with Cyberpunk is complicated. Like, we can't understate that the release was terrible, right? Yeah. The release is terrible. It will always be a shadow over that game. We can't not discuss it when we talk about it. But when yeah. they sat down and did some polish and added some things and did all that, then it allowed what was already there, because it was never a bad game. It's not like No Man's Sky, which was a bad game and then got good. Cyberpunk was always a very good game, but you really had to dig deep over just the rough, rough, rough unfinished edges. But that story, that narrative, that conceit, I fell so in love with it. And when I, I bounced off it initially when it released, I played it on release to talk about it for, you know, at the time, Jewel Shockers, um, figured, yep, this is not going to be game of the year, put it down, didn't touch. Came back to it like 18 months later and was like, wow, this is good. This is good. This is great. This is excellent. I love this. So completely in love with that story. And so, and that character and characters and yeah, was surprised by how much I was blown away by it. So I am following this. I'm not like watching every little bit of trailer and footage and whatnot, but I'm hopeful and I'm hopeful they're taking the time to do it right the first time. So yeah, we'll see, but I am very eager to get back into night city. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I uh, I stopped playing this uh, a while ago. I am I'm a little ways into it, but not very far. Um, and I'm excited to get back to it because uh, I just like man, like yesterday or the day before yesterday, finished like so many of the things that I've been playing, uh, and so right now. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out stuff with Ryu and Street Fighter. I'm still playing Tears of the Kingdom. But other than that, I'm not really like, I, I'm not really on the hook for anything else. So now is actually, 
you know, prime time for me to go back and, you know, revisit some of these things that I fell off of, you know, pick up some new stuff. I'm really excited because this is definitely one of those that like, I never uninstalled off my PC because I'm always like, when is the time when I'm going to jump back in? And I think the time might be now. So yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. And I have plenty of time to, uh, you know, to beat, uh, the base game before September 26th, which is, uh, right before my birthday. So, you know, if this ends up being great, that'll be a pretty nice little birthday present for me. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. The game is good now. (laughs) Yeah. Now this next one, this next one, I've been looking forward to for a long time because the teasers were chef's kiss. And based on what I'm seeing, Oh man, I want to believe. I want to. I want to believe. (laughs) This is Obsidian's RPG Avowed, and we finally are seeing it. And ladies and gentlemen, it's Elder Scrolls, basically, but it's Elder Scrolls made by a team that doesn't make buggy games. In my experience. (laughs) Well, okay, 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 okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go crazy. I've played Alpha Protocol. (laughs) Okay, I have. I have not. I have not. But they did do. uh, Obsidian did do. Man, this is this is gonna be a cut. Uh, Dungeon Siege Three. Oh, that is that is a deep cut for them. Yeah, most people forget that they did that. But uh, yeah, I was a big fan of Dungeon Siege One and Two. Now Dungeon Siege Three. Not that big of a fan because it is very different from Dungeon Siege One and Two. Uh, man, dude, if I could get a Dungeon Siege uh, like remake or whatever, man, that was a that was a messed up game. That was also real fun. Oh my god, Nature Mages! One of the greatest <laughs> things. We're gonna go on a little diatribe about this. Dungeon <laughs> Siege was one of the first games I ever played where all of your stats grew based on your use of things. So if you used nature magic, you became a better nature mage. So I'll just uh, if you use, yep. Yeah. If you use combat magic, uh, you became a better combat mage. If you used, you know, like swords or, or whatever, like you would just get better at that. And that was, that was the first game I think that I had ever played that was like that. Um, and it was a Microsoft uh, game, and it was, I think it was by Steam Powered Games. Uh, Dungeon Siege. I cannot remember who it was done by, and I've only very briefly dabbled in the series, so I don't have the mock that you do. Gas Powered Games, baby. Published by Square Enix. You can buy it right now on Steam for $7. Oh, it goes on sale much cheaper than that, typically. (laughs) I bet, yeah. Yeah. But man, what a freaking great game. I loved it. Talk about a throwback. Wow, yeah, look at this. Recent reviews and all-time reviews, very positive. I believe it. I was not not the only only person drinking the the Kool-Aid. Let's see, Dungeon Siege 2... Yeah, there we go. There we go. Also seven bucks, baby. I'm definitely gonna have to buy these later because I, I'm gonna have to check. I them have out, not. Yeah. <laughs> I have not played these games in forever, and they're really fun. They're really fun. Also, also fun fact: they made like a graphic novel, and if you bought 
uh, it might have been the base version. It might have been the collector's edition of Dungeon Siege 2. They give you like this graphic novel with like this really messed up story about the prince from the first game and the second game. We got some Diablo 1, Diablo 2 style, you know, uh oh, mm-hmm. something's happened to our hero, you know, type of stuff. But uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Anyway. Demons of his own and he was losing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I'm so excited to talk about Diablo, dude. Me too. I'm so, I'm so keen. Uh, but yeah, man, <laughs> but Avowed also looks freaking great. About, yeah, Avowed. Like, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what was your. Uh... Obsidian does good work. Like, I've played most of their stuff. Yeah. I never loved them as much as I did in their early days when they were Black Isle. But, like, I can't not acknowledge them for general quality. And they seem to be putting out a lot more games and doing generally well for themselves under Microsoft's umbrella. So. Yeah, they I mean, did Black Isle, Baldur's Gate Two. Like you can't, like you can't. Baldur's Gate can't Two, contest. Planescape Torment. And like Baldur's Gate Two is primarily a Bioware thing, but the engine was there. But Planescape Torment, Fallout Two, incredible. Like Planescape yeah. Torment is one of the best games I, ever made. <laughs> that's another one I got installed. That I'm like, I'm gonna be playing it soon. So. I'll be nudging you to play that Morrowind and whatever else for yeah. as long as we <laughs> know each other. Just, just get used the to classic, that. the classic <laughs> RPGs. Yeah. Yeah, But yeah, so um, I'm keen to see, like, I thought they did, I wasn't a huge fan of Outer Worlds, but it was good enough, and mm-hmm. I felt like it was, you know, them doing Bethesda better than Bethesda had done in a while, so it's like, all right, let's see what you got. I'm keen to see how yeah. they tackle. That was, basically <laughs> that was them doing Fallout better than yeah. Fallout, and now it's, this is them doing Skyrim better than Skyrim, maybe, you know, we'll see. Well, I mean, I'm not a huge Skyrim fan at all, so... Uh, that's not I, hot I liked for it. me, but <laughs> yeah, I liked it. But that was the only Elder Scrolls game that I really dug. Um, I think ESO is fine, but I think it's I think different ESO game. is. I like ESO, but it's different. So <laughs> yeah, I, I I think ESO is good in the same way that like I think Final Fantasy fourteen is good. Whereas like Skyrim would be like the Final Fantasy like just base game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely I definitely agree. Um, but yeah, man, I'm yeah. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see more of Avowed. I hope it's good. Yeah. What was next? Uh, so speaking of uh, Elder Scrolls, apparently there's this little game coming out called Starfield. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so confession. I little. Mean, it, not not even not even a slight confession at this point. It's well known. Anybody who knows me, not been the biggest fan of Bethesda's output for. Uh, well, since Morrowind, basically all of them have had <clears throat> arguably as many negatives as positives, give or take, depending on which game you like. Um, Shivering Isles of Oblivion, it's great. I'll give it that. But like everything else since then, very middling. So I'm going in and looking at Starfield and it's like their gameplay loop of, you know, explore, combat, loot, repeat. It's fun. It's solid. That looks to be what they're doing a lot of here. But the problem always is that these games are big, wide, lots of places to go, and about as shallow as a puddle. So I don't expect much different when you have, like, a thousand planets or whatever. Um, God Howard was talking about. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful, and I hope people who are you know, looking forward to it, get what they want, but like, I'm not exactly holding my breath and I'm not yeah. really, it's like, I'll be surprised. I'll be pleasantly surprised. And yeah, but it's not like I'm going to be leaping in day one keen to get into it, you know? 
Yeah. 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 Uh, I did not uh, watch the um, direct about this. I had some stuff I had to go do. Uh, but, you know, I this is one of those situations where, like, I'm open to it. I'm also, like, not... Like, uh, the last Bethesda game, uh, like, Bethesda-developed game that I played that I enjoyed was Fallout 4. And I know that f- long-time Fallout fans were, like, not that big on that game. Um, it's like, a good I game. Got, I got, it's not a good Fallout game. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't really... I mean... Personally, I don't really have. I've I've gotten into two Bethesda games, really ever, and they are Skyrim and Fallout Four, and um, all the rest of the stuff that I dig is just Bethesda published. So like Arcane Games, Machine Games, ID, you know these sorts of things. Um, so I I don't really have a dog in this race, but also like I like the. Fallout Skyrim formula, I just have to kind of be in the right frame of mind for it to work for me. And I'm not sure that that's going to be where I'm at when Starfield comes out, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. So yeah, that's, that's about as, as not expecting anything huge. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like is, is, uh, is a divergence from the kind of, uh, high level conversation that are going on right now where, you know, it seems like a lot of people are really excited about this and uh, I hope that it's great for all those people who are very, very into it. I feel like the narrative about Bethesda games has gotten more and more negative as more time passes between both Elder Scrolls fallout and everything. And it's like nothing, nothing that they've done in like since Skyrim and it's been 11 years since Skyrim um, that is and, and a half. Yeah, I guess it was so, a PS3 360 game. Holy crap! Yeah, everything since that has been mixed highs, lows, lows, and then more lows, and then Fallout 76. You know, yeah. like what? there's not a lot inspiring confidence there. What is the deal? I just realized this. What is the deal with PS3 and 360 era? huge sprawling games that sell a bajillion copies and are ported to everything and then we don't get anything for 10 11 12 years because grand theft auto 5 and skyrim both came out on that old hardware they've both been ported everywhere they've both sold tons of copies and those studios basically haven't like done anything massive since well, like, I mean, I, I guess, I guess, have, if, but if it's you can't, always for a different series. Is the thing exactly? Go precisely, precisely. And Red Dead Redemption yeah. Two, and yeah, it's like they're like, what? You you want another one? It's it's right there. It's good. Play that. You good? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, let yeah. us try something else. I'm like, well, fair, more power yeah, to you. But yeah, that is that is fair. That is fair. I was mainly thinking about like, you know, like the from my understanding, the teams who do Red Dead and the teams that do. Grand Theft Auto were not the same teams. Uh, and I don't know the uh, the inner workings of Rockstar enough to weigh in on that. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me to know that. Yeah, and and that's that's definitely my understanding on how Bethesda works. Also, um, but yeah, yeah. So so it's it's just it's crazy. And I know that people are like you know trying. If you're trying to one up Grand Theft Auto Five, at least as far as reception is concerned, like I've I've long said I think Grand Theft Auto Five is probably the most overrated game of all time for me uh 
And I think that Skyrim is also like very hyped, but like also people kind of know because like there's they the whole know. meme of like arrow to the knee. You know, there's like all that sort of stuff where it's just like, yeah, like we're hearing the same things over and over again. We're meeting the same people over and over again. Oh, finally awake. You know, like there's, there's, you know, but it's, uh, it's not what people are drawn to in those games. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You go on them. It's like, I just want to get lost in this big world and go, you know, beat some people up and get some levels and find some cool loot. And yeah, it's not too yeah. deep. It's not too complicated. It can go on for as long or as short as I want it. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely it is seems like on those hell. <laughs> yes, that is definitely true. Bethesda games are big, like places to mod and experience <laughs> and for that i think that you know it's it's great and i think that starfield is like poised to just blow the doors off of that uh because there is already so much that you can do in this game i think that the mod community is just gonna go absolutely nuts on it yeah post morrowind bethesda games as i've said many a time are uh, they're all right frameworks from which modders build better games out of <laughs> yeah and that's that's crazy. So you know, even on on that front, like I th- I feel like all on all of those, you know, uh, criteria, Starfield is going to deliver all of the things that uh, that people want. Probably, uh, I just wonder know. after eleven years and all these you know perceptions. And I mean, you know, it's it's not as long for eleven years if you're into Fallout, but like, it's going to be like what 15 16 years by the time a new elder scrolls game comes out after skyrim that's that's pretty wild and you just know it cannot possibly live up to that kind of expectation no matter how good or anything it is and given you know general cultural shift away from supporting bethesda and such i i do wonder if it'll land with quite the same fanfare and applause like i'm certain it'll sell like 10 million copies on day one like that's that's just the unfortunate reality of our uh, of um gaming sales i guess but uh yeah it's i'm curious to see where the general consensus on this one lands and how long it takes because yeah. everyone loves skyrim at first and only a few were just like this isn't actually that good and the gr- the gulf between them has gotten narrower as time goes on so yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting you know what also is going to be interesting? Some of these other games that they were talking about. That's true. So the right, next one on. is uh, Compulsion Games, developers of We Happy Few, have a teaser trailer, no gameplay, for a game called South of Midnight. You see Which anything I think looks about cool. this one? Obviously, we haven't, we, haven't, uh, we haven't seen anything. I like the aesthetic. I like the vibe. You know, I, I'm getting, you know, like maybe Louisiana South sort of, uh, you know, bayou area, yeah. stuff like that. Bayou is the uh, instant word you think of. Just look at it. Yeah. I think it's literally on one of these posts, actually. So, Which is cool, <laughs> because, like, within the week, I'm going to be in New Orleans. Uh, so that's that's going to be cool. I'm going to be I'm gonna be eating boudin balls and beignets <laughs> and all that sort of stuff, just enjoying the jazz and all that. But, uh, but yeah, I think it looks cool. I think that the... Um, I'm a big fan of... Uh, striking art styles and this has that in spades so i'm definitely uh excited to see more i'm not incredibly encouraged by uh 
this being a compulsion game because I was not, I was a big fan of the idea of We Happy Few, but I did not think the execution was very good. I think that's just um, the universal feel of it. It's like everyone saw the aesthetic and the concept and were like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. And then just everything about the actual gameplay and the execution and the bugs and the, you know, Gearbox buying it and suddenly being triple A and horribly yeah. overpriced and buggy as hell. It's like, mm, didn't really leave a good taste in people's mouth. So you know, yeah, let's hope this one is finished when they release it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely, uh, I, I, I have high hopes for this one, whether or not that is justified. I mean, only time will tell. All right. Next, we have Ubisoft's Star Wars, made by Massive, at long last, called Star Wars Outlaws. I think there was a trailer here, and then there was a Ubisoft did their presentation, which they had like a proper gameplay trailer. I haven't sat down and watched that, but uh, let me tell you, I am a big sucker for Star Wars, and I know I'm a very critical sucker of Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. Like, everyone's like, oh, Star Wars fan. It's like, I know. I know, okay, there is so much wrong with it, but there's also a lot of good stuff in there, and the stories that get told in there can be really compelling. Like, they really can be. Promise. So I'm hopeful that's that. On the other hand, it's an Ubisoft game, so I know exactly what I'm getting with it. Will it be better with a Star Wars skin? Mm Hmm. It'll probably be fun for a bit. I doubt I'll finish, you know, all the radio towers and everything, but hey, I'll give it a go, and hope the narrative is strong. (laughs) Yeah, and I I do think that the hook is pretty good. Like I think that it's you know, it's Lady Han Solo, you know, with a with a with a, with um, a commando droid wearing a trench coat. Like I mean, what's wrong? Yeah, what's a hard? lot of people? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are tweeting out like, wait a second, oh no, why did they make the droid hot? And it's like, well, people, hey, the heart wants what the heart wants. People are right. <laughs> and if your heart, a whole episode on it. Look it up. <laughs> It's very true. It's very true. Uh, everybody, everybody being like, oh, "Droid, you're so hot." Shut up, baby. I know it. <laughs> Love it. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it looks it looks really cool. I'm excited. I also did not see the gameplay thing. I was disappointed that it was a CG only trailer. But then immediately at the end of the trailer, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna have tomorrow or." or like right after the showcase or something. I forget what it was. Yeah. But they're like, we're going to do full one. And they and they put the gameplay video in that. So that's why. So yeah. I still have to go so, take a look at that, but we'll be covering that. <laughs> yeah. So I was, so I was like, I was like, all right. Uh, I don't like that. This was all CG, but I like the tone. I like what it's showing me. It's got that kind of Mandalorian promise where it's like, these are smaller stories told in a huge world. And I'm a big fan of that. Uh, Agreed. And and with with the immediate promise of this is not all CG. We have gameplay ready, and we're going to show you like now. I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm 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 with you. You know. So I'll at least hear you out, which is more than I can say of most Ubisoft games. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. What's next? Uh, Forza Motorsport reboot. Yeah. Awesome. If those who like it, like it, I hope you do. I'm not a huge racing game guy. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not a sim racer guy. I like more arcade experiences. So Horizon Likewise, yeah. is pretty much always going to be up more up my alley um, or like straight up like burnout style, like level based stuff. So like either burnout or dirt or, 
you know, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. The more arcadey, instant, short-term gratification, not super realistic. There can be explosions exactly. and dumb shit. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Or even like way simpler, more straightforward things like Horizon Chase or, you know, stuff like that. Or yeah. Mario Kart, Sonic Racing Transformed, you know, those sorts of things. That, that All of that appeals to me more than sim racing. Uh, the, but, need for, I mean, the Need for Speed Underground Car PG is still where yeah. it's at for me. So yeah, 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 yeah. nothing yeah, has been right. in that since. <laughs> yeah, so not for me, but Forza is ba- like whether you're talking about motorsport or uh, Horizon, Forza is always great. So I don't expect that to change. It's it's one of those things where it's like every time a Forza game comes out, it's either going to get like a nine or a ten, and that's just kind of the expectation because they just keep delivering. Um, it is and- what that what that crowd wants and great yep. awesome hopefully yep. it's uh doesn't make as many people angry as the most recent gran turismo did now's a good time yep. for this to pop in honestly <laughs> yeah so i i this is one of those things where it's just like this these two studios like between playground and i think this is turn 10 uh but both of those studios have delivered so consistently such a ridiculously high bar of quality for so long. There, like, there's, you know, we, we were talking about previously, like, there's no real reason to believe that Bethesda is going to deliver on some something truly incredible. Uh, there's no reason to doubt that Turn 10 is going to deliver something incredible. Yeah, so I agree. <laughs> I, yeah, I would definitely, you know, if you're putting stuff on your bingo card uh, for good games, you should definitely, this might as well just be the free space. So yeah, or right there, right, right in the center. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next we had uh, Clockwork Revolution. Another just um, I didn't see too much about if there was gameplay or anything in this one. However, it gets a free pass from me because it's in exile, and yes, they do good work. So, I'm a huge fan of Wasteland Three. Um, so I'm they curious did, to see what they, they got. They did have gameplay, and I saw it. And let me tell you. This looks like Bioshock Infinite. Like, uh, it is... Yeah, you, you, you gotta sell me better than that. I'm not a huge fan of that one. <laughs> but, but I... Okay, fair. But the setting and the promise of something like that. So imagine... Imagine Bioshock Infinite, but instead of going through parallel worlds, this is all about uh, time travel and causality. Okay. So... You're going back in time, you're changing something, you're moving forward, now things are different. And apparently, I, I don't know if this is what this is, but the vibe that I got is like the main character and the villain are both doing this to each other. So Ooh, they that's are both an interesting like, premise. Yeah. So where like, you know, the 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 vibe that I got is like the voiceover is from the villain's perspective and it, they are talking about, or or like they're talking about the villain of like, oh, they can just do whatever, like because they'll just go back and change things to like get themselves in power or whatever. And then they also showed it from the first person perspective where it's like the character is going back and then coming back. And they were doing like flashes where it was like, you go back and things are like really silver and old and you go back to the future and it's gold and like things are different. Um, so, you know, it's it's very steampunk, you know, time manipulation mechanics and stuff like that. Um, and it's a first person shooter. So hopefully the first person shooter mechanics are better and more well fleshed out than Bioshock Infinite. But the aesthetic was definitely along the lines of like Columbia and that sort of a thing. And, you know, with the, the ideas of like 
switching between different places and causing things to, to change, which is also very Bioshock Infinite. Um, and I mean, the game looks great. Uh, it looks very interesting. The powers look kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You have my so. attention even just from in exile, but like the, you, that definitely sounds like a good glow up, but like, yeah. I don't know if you played Wasteland 3 or not, but that is, well, um, highly recommended because that is genuinely one of the most like consequences matter of your, of any kind of modern CRPG. Like mm. whole sections of game will change dramatically based on your decisions. And they're quite stuff. happy to let you just fuck around and find out, frankly. So yeah, you give them time it. travel. I'm like, all right, all right, let's see what you got. Um, you have my oh, attention. That, so now I'm now I'm even more excited. Yeah, this is definitely one of my one of my most anticipated uh, games at this point, which is great. Like Bioshock fans are in such a great spot right now because we've got Judas from Ken Levine, who's the the mind behind like uh, Bioshock One and Bioshock Infinite. We've got whatever the 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 studio that Ken left behind that's still at 2K, that's making an actual Bioshock game. And then we've got this, Clockwork Revolution, which is by InXile, but it also looks like it is kind of very Bioshocky. So, I, man, we're like, we're, we're going to be, we've been, we've, <laughs> we've put in the time. It, you have um, the System Shock remake, which just came out by Night Dive Studios. Exactly. And it's apparently pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I, I want to play more. Uh, I want to play, uh, play that. I don't think I actually... I'm trying to remember if I actually dove into the demo or not, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to check that out as well as somebody who Absolutely. got big into Bioshock, but never played any of the system shocks, but has heard great things about them. I couldn't get into Bioshock as much because I had played system shocks and Deus Ex. So mm. it is what yeah. it is. Good games all, but um, yeah. Yeah. Next. Atlas's Project Refantasy actually existed. It wasn't vaporware. What a yeah. novel concept. <laughs> so, those not in the loop, um, years and years ago, before Persona 5 even came out, uh, Atlas teased that they were doing a fantasy game called, you know, just the, pro the working title was Project Refantasy, and we saw a couple of bits of key art and concept art. It was like, cool. And then they went silent. And then we never heard from it again. And a couple of people speculated, like, where is it? I don't think it was ever, like, cancelled or anything like that. But I, like, just this year, I remembered it and went, I wonder if that is going. And then this pops. And we have Metaphor Refantasio, which is new RPG, looks very Persona, but it is, uh, it so is very clearly this. It is very clearly Project Refantasy. That super super atlas style crazy 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 looking stuff and yeah like i watched the trailer beforehand and i have no idea what the hell is going on and i so want to i so want to <laughs> yeah i was like uh, at first i was like wait a second is this is this shimigami tensei and then they went further and further and further and i'm like is this persona 6 and then they're like surprise saka it's neither you know, it's but yeah, either. very, <laughs> but both basically. Yeah. And Shoji Maguro, you know, flexing is composing as always, but this one super epic and grandiose as opposed to the kind of, you know, rock edge he has. It's like, all right, yeah. you've been learning from Catherine apparently. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, 
it just has the the same like everything about it looks stylish in terms of gameplay menus presentation all of it it's like persona 5 is like the most stylish game to have ever existed this is carrying that forward um you have my attention atlas let's see it yeah yeah it, it is so crazy to see a game where like and this is this is from the team that did persona 3 4 and 5 which are that's an, oh, that's an, one an, an awesome games <laughs> yeah an awesome run of games uh, we're going to talk about Persona 3 in a bit. Uh, Persona 6 is eating well today. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But it is crazy to see a game, uh, to see a game from from Persona 4 to Persona 5, the jump in menu, like, just juiciness is, like, the jump is ridiculous. And yeah. to see a game that jumps so far beyond Persona 5 to look like Metaphor Refantasio, like, that like it's nuts like where the menus in this make the menus in persona 5 look kind of pedestrian which <laughs> is so crazy like that's just a ridiculous thing but yeah yeah can't wait yeah they can't saw, wait it's gonna saw, be great um they saw our, across the spider verse and were like bet <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> say less fam we got you cool all right what's next uh, let's see. Uh, the studio behind Spiritfarer has revealed 33 Immortals. Co-op action game. Interesting. Uh, again? Oh, yeah, I, I heard somebody talk about this one, actually. Um, so it's like, oh, it's two-player co-op. Peels back. Four-player co-op. Peels back. Eight-player co-op. Peels back. It has 33-player co-op. Crazy. <laughs> what, what that means, aside from, you know, oh, so it's Battlefield? Uh, but um yeah <laughs> how that's actually going to be executed hard to say but like uh just given the pedigree like spirit pharaoh very good very yeah. good like very very good hit me right in the feels um and beautiful too oh and absolutely gorgeous very stylized again and just yeah um so yeah have my attention again need to watch this uh, trailer in full properly once i'm done yeah <laughs> So on this next one, uh, I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. What is this? Is this Payday 3? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Payday 3. Payday 3 is coming. Looks super sick. Uh, people are super into Payday 2. And uh, the, I mean, this is just, it looks great. It looks like it's more of the same chaotic madness. Uh, yeah, Payday 2 is just, it's nuts. It's great fun. <laughs> yeah, It's so much fun. So yeah, I didn't play nearly as much as I could have, so I will probably play a lot more of this one. I am yeah. hoping it delivers. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's next? So speaking of Persona, you all like Persona 3? No? Well, yeah. let's fix that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, personally, it's my favorite Persona game. I still like 5 better, but I respect that. I think yeah. it goes 5, 3, 4. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to two though. Two's good. <laughs> I have not played one or two. I played three, four, and five. I played I played three, four, and five, but I only played uh I played uh Persona 3 Portable, I played Persona 4 Golden, and then I played both base uh I played base Persona 5, then I reviewed Persona 5 Royal and got the platinum in it. Very um, nice. Because I'm a maniac. Yeah, I played but the yeah. base game of each of them. Um and 
that's about it. I haven't played uh, Golden. I'm working through Portable because uh, they released it on Switch, and I'm just been chipping away at it on my off days. Nice. Uh, and I didn't play Royal, though I have it and need to get to it someday. But um, yeah, yeah, all of them great. It's good. Um, I'm also a big fan of Shin Megami Tensei in general, so yeah, uh, very big fan of particularly three, but five was also a real good hit. So. Yeah. Um, did you play yeah. any of the Devil Survivor games or any of that? Yeah, played them all. <laughs> pretty okay. pretty much played them all. Um, nice. Yeah, Devil Survivor 2 really, yeah, I don't know. I found that super compelling. Um, first yeah. one didn't quite grab me as much, but yeah, 2, I just sat down and it consumed my week. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have not branched out too much uh, in that family, although I do think that, you know, there's there's like the Square family of RPGs, you know, where you've got like, you know, you've got Final Fantasy, you've got Dragon Quest, you've got now you've kind of got like the Mono Bravely games, the Saga series. games, the, the yeah. um, Bravely, your um, just Team Asano stuff in general. Yeah, yeah. You, got, you got a lot of those. You've got, you know, some other RPGs from other studios. And then you've got, you know, this like Sega Atlas, you know, family of, uh, mm-hmm. of RPGs both the ones sprouting out off from Shin Megami Tensei and then like some of the other ones. And I, I think probably for my money, like this, like this, the kind of Atlas family that got grandfathered into Sega now is kind of like where I prefer to live the most. Now uh, I feel like just the, the level of quality that they, that they, uh, that they deliver on is, is pretty great. Yeah, so. I, I find them second only to Neon Falcom, the uh, Trails of mm. series, extended series. Um, yeah, and they, yeah. And they those carry, do not... Yeah, Those are carried by the narrative and the writing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the Atlas stuff just kicks it out of the park in terms of presentation, and I am all about it. So, yeah, Persona 3 getting full remake. Um, yeah. Uh, they- Unfortunately, it has come out that this is a remake of, like, the base version of the game so we're not going to have the fes stuff we're not going to have the portable stuff which is a shame but at least mm-hmm. i mean at least we're getting this i don't know i'm, it's ca- true. I'm kind they of did, just thankful they for did this. just backpedal that though like there was a tweet saying yeah. to clarify some of the story elements from that is still going to be put back in there it's like okay, okay. but i'm getting i'm getting mixed signals from that so i'd take that with a grain yeah. of salt yeah yeah and uh and it, it's disappointing because particularly with the fes or, or portable versions, like you could play as like a female protagonist, yeah. which I really like. Now, granted, the female protagonist is n- I don't think is the canon protagonist. Uh, I think that not, she's not, but um, it is still an interesting. It is still just interesting because like different social links and whatever, um, yeah, will will be available and not available and such. And it's just yeah, I thought it was great. Like I, yeah. Yeah, I, I loved playing as her, but I do, I do think that it that it is it is potentially notable that like while all of that content is great, um, them going with the base version isn't necessarily like a huge loss because like they could still add that later. They could add yeah. it later, and that is still like the core primary story. Like all the FES yeah. stuff touches on like. It's sort of like an extended epilogue of the events yeah. of the base P3. And, you know, the the main P3 one is the canon one taking it forward into, like, you know, the Persona 4s and your arenas and Ultimaxes and such, where Elizabeth yeah. shows up and hints at, hey, by the way, that's still going on. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, which is... Yeah, so I... 
while I, I am definitely with the general public of like, dang it, like you could have just made like the definitive version of P3 that had like everything in it. And I wanted that. Uh, I'm also still just pretty excited that we're getting Persona 3 brought forward at all because it is my favorite story. It's got literally both of the best girls in the entire series in it. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> in Yukari, uh, and Mitsuru, uh, it's got several of the best boys. Uh, and like, just the, I think the cast is like abs. Like this is kind of how I look at these games is like, how's the cast? How's the story? How's the atmosphere? Persona 3 has the best atmosphere of the of 345. It's super sinister. It's really dark. I really like it. I think it has the best cast because there are like, I think there are like weak links in four and five that three just doesn't have. Like I, every I character agree, yeah. in three is really good. I also feel like there is a lot, like it has the most thematic consistency, I think. It's like, yeah here is the theme word death every yeah. single character every social link ties into this concept and explores some facet of it in some way to really interesting degrees genuinely yeah. fascinating explorations of the concept and, and yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's that's a great point and i think that because of that it also feels far more cohesive as an entire game than those other two i agree uh, like the, there are definitely times in four and five where I'm just like, I, I almost have like whiplash, you Wait, know, why am where, I here? What does this have to do with anything? Yeah. Why are we at the beach? Like, <laughs> why are we doing that? Whereas like when you go to the beach in persona three, it still feels like you're playing the same game. Like I, I don't, yeah. I'm not really sure it, you know how to explain it in so many words, but like when you go on the beach thing, it, it feels like it's kind of out of nowhere in persona four. Uh, in Persona 5, when certain characters are introduced, like particularly Haru, um, I'm just like, man, this just, this, this is whole a landing. <laughs> section of the game is just not it. Like, I just, I just don't understand. And honestly, I feel like the, to kind of a lesser extent, like the painter section felt like kind yeah. of weird for me. So there's, you know, whereas other things where it's like, all the stuff with the catchy, I'm like, yo, this is great. Like all of this is great. You know, a lot of the stuff with, you know, um, Yunarukami and Hanako and, uh, you know, and Adachi and Yosuke, like Yosuke is amazing. Like I, that guy is me. Like, you know, <laughs> Yosuke is me. And I played him in Persona 4 Arena because of that, because I really identify with this character. But like, I don't really like Yukiko or Chie. Like there's a lot of like, I, I feel like like I like the I like some of the characterization, but they don't really feel like full people in the way that like Junpei in Persona Three feels like a person. Akihiko, he's, he's Mitsuru, a dude you've met. You've met Junpei, these, right? <laughs> yeah, Yukari. These all feel like people. Even even Ken, you know, and Koromaru. Yeah, like you have who a dog. A person? <laughs> yeah, who isn't like a, a person? Yeah, but like, and I feel like. Some of that stuff in four and five, they tried to recapture with Teddy and with Morgana, and it just didn't really hit with me in the same way. 
Like, and I, I feel like because of that, like, like four and five are more interested in, in, uh, introducing like levity and stuff. Whereas like persona three is fine with you, like sitting in the darkness. And I feel like because of that, because it's it not, lets afraid, it for it, itself. I feel it, 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 it feels like it's never trying to persona three is never saying just kidding, you know, or like there's never a moment where it's just like, now enjoys the comic relief character. Like there, there is that like Junpei is that like he's comic relief, but like at the same time, he's still going through stuff. Like it, he it feel, feels his reactions feel natural. And when the time comes for him to hurt, that is almost like the humor is almost how he's coping because yeah. he goes through some hurt. He goes through some yeah. real hurt. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like that, that is just one example of how persona three is like of a piece and because of that, like it just, it's, it's, I, I am excited to play the Persona game that I like more than that, but I'm, I'm not expecting that because like Persona 3 is like fantastic. Uh, and I, I, yeah. I cannot wait to play it again. I am uh, and very it's gonna, keen. It's going to be on Game Pass <laughs> and early next year. So that's going to be, that's going to be really, really awesome. I might, I, I don't know if they've said anything about this. I would almost certainly expect this to also come to PC Switch, PS5. Um, you know, I, 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 I imagine because Sega and Atlas are like very kind of Switch friendly. Uh, I don't, I don't know that this would run. The next game certainly would. Uh, but I also imagine they would figure out a made a way, uh, made a, a way to make it work. Yeah, I doubt it's going to be an exclusive. Um, it'll be on as much as they can. If they can get it working on the Switch, more power to them. But I would expect to see it on PS as well. So, um, yeah. But it is nice to see the relationship between Xbox and uh, and uh, Atlas and the Persona team in particular to continue because I think that it's great uh, because like Persona fans have been, you know, isolated in one place for a really long time and it's nice to see uh you know people who are big xbox fans get it be able to jump in yeah absolutely huh. but the persona train does not stop there we have a spin-off game a new one for persona 5 called persona 5 tactica <gasps> it's a tactics game guys it's a tactics, it's a tactics game, game. <laughs> so uh yeah uh, you and i eating good um i know that much yeah we are <laughs> tactical sickos are are eating well <laughs> yeah um yeah, uh, not much to say beyond that. It's like, yeah, there's like a minute trailer. It looks very, um, you know, standard Fire Emblem, SRPG kind of thing. Hopefully yep. it plays good. Hopefully it has some, uh, yeah, good systems and such in there. It still looks very uh, Persona 5, although it does have the chibi art style of the uh, PQs, the Persona Quest, Persona Qs, yep. whatever they're called. Which is cool. Like, yeah. I, I, I definitely... Um you know, we, we talked at length about why I feel like Persona 3 is kind of the best Persona game. I definitely do not mind that Persona 5 is getting all this love. Um, now, the only thing that remains, Atlas, I'm looking at you. Where is Persona 5 Arena? Where is it? <sighs> they couldn't get Oxus. They were too busy killing it with Guilty Gear. That's why. It, you know that's that why. That is, it's, you know what? That's fair. That's fair, but I want it. I'm with you. you are, I want it. You are not off the hook. You have announced Give all of these other games. And, and let me tell you, let me tell you, <laughs> Atlas, Atlas, don't go away. Don't walk away. Come back. Come back. Please, Atlas. Come here. Now, I got to tell you, I love what you're doing. 
I love that you're bringing Persona 3 back. I love that you're giving me a tactics game. This is great. This is great. Our relationship, it's so good. I love you. You love what I'm doing, buying all these games, playing all these games, you know, talking about them. But come on. We can make things so much better. Come back to me. Persona 5 Arena. Come on. Come on. You know, and be nice that the people stream. want it. Come on. <laughs> you know the people want it. You know I want it. You know I'm going to play it. Baby, come on. Stop you playing put, with you me. You put rollback in Ultimax, it's good. You can do it. Yeah, we believe it's great. You. It's great. It's in my top three fighting games of all time. Might same, be top two. Same. Come on, give me a percent of <sighs> Anyways, that's all we got to say about that. But did, Port Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2 to uh, more systems, please, and thank you. Carry on. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> all right, so that's enough of Tactica. Uh, we've got... This is, a, this is a thing for my Sea of Thieves sickos out there. <laughs> we got a Monkey Island crossover. What? All right. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> Looks cool. Guybrush Threepwood. Looks pretty neat. I'm still not going to play it because I'm freaked out of the scary beasts in the ocean. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to leave that to all you sickos that can tolerate that. Yeah, I haven't played much uh, Sea of Thieves myself, but I know people who do, and uh, more power to them. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, then we got uh, Flight uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024. Uh, they got a Dune crossover where you're going to be able to be in one of those Dragonfly helicopters and stuff like that. I still don't know Jack Snap about Dune, but whenever I the... Do. It's excellent. <laughs> whenever the sequel movie comes out, Maybe it's already out. I don't know. Uh, I highly recommend I'm, the first book. It's one of my favorites. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Josh has told me that it would be right up my alley. I just have not gotten to it yet. But who knows? Who knows? I'm about to be on a, like a two-week vacation. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll see if I can read one of those books or listen to an audio book or something like that. But yeah. Cool little uh, Dragonfly helicopter. Looks pretty neat. Yeah. What do yeah. we got next? Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. That's uh, that's going to be interesting for sure because that first one was um, real sleeper hit. Yeah, just people really like yeah. it. Just theme and exploration and narrative and everything in that game was really friggin' good. Um, what more? more, more yeah, what more can I say? It's kind of like filled that double A um niche at a time where i wasn't really being served but delivered some really high impact shit that a lot of people vibe very highly with um and yeah so the fact that there's a sequel it looks good that's all i can really say no for the time being i haven't really followed too much of it since but it's like yeah do that again i'm fine with that yeah i hope the combat is better than the first one and that's really all i can say about that and the first one was fine. It served the purpose. Yeah. And what I'm right. more interested in is the next game. Yeah. Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. Uh, one of the dumbest and most hilarious reveal trailers I've seen in a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ichiban wakes up naked on a beach in Hawaii. That's it. That's the trailer. Nice. And that's everything you need to know about the character, the series, and the rest. But, uh, yeah, no, this is the actual follow-up. This is Yakuza 8, the Like a Dragon 2, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think they're ditching oh, the numbers yeah. to avoid Eight, the confusion. Infinite. Yeah, 
gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Infinite Wealth, mm-hmm, the Mugen. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But yeah, there, there's that. But I also think they're just ditching the numbers in general because there's a lot of them. They've, they're split off the series into multiple different angles and they're doing their own thing. It's like, yeah, now's probably the time for it. But um, yeah. hey, I freaking adored Yakuza 7, Like a Dragon, whatever you want to call it. Loved it. Um, thought, you know, I know Will's not a huge fan of it, but like, I thought they did the genre shift great. I do miss the brawling combat. It exists in other games, like Judgment, basically. Mm. And, um, another game we'll talk about in a bit, but, uh, yeah, um, Ichiban's story was great. That game was great. It was a solid RPG. It still felt like a Yakuza game. All side content and shenanigans and everything that I love while also getting right deep into the melodramatic crime drama and all that. Excellent cast of characters, fantastic game, play Yakuza 7, play Yakuza in general, play Yakuza 0 as well, but play Yakuza 7. And then, Jeez, uh, you're crazy, man. Out, you're giving me so much homework. But do it. <laughs> oh, Why right. aren't you playing Yakuza games? Do it. This is a, this is a general shout-out to the universe anyway. Play Yakuza. You'll thank me. But, uh, all yeah. right. <laughs> Yeah, Persona Sicko's be eaten well. I'm a Yakuza Sicko, and I'm eaten just as well. So, um, yeah, keen. Keen for more. Nice. <clears throat> nice. What do we got next? There's a Fallout 76 expansion. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. In, in all seriousness, I thought, and I think a lot of people, even the people still playing the game, thought it was, like, done, abandoned, all hands on deck for Starfield. So more new stuff is both is kind of surprising to all involved but like hey i hope you're getting served uh i hope you're not serving up bethesda too much money because they don't friggin deserve it um yeah yeah, hope it's good move on don't care (laughs) oh so many games (laughs) all right so i just got a notification that i may not be able to talk about the stuff that i went and saw so we can leave that for right another time (laughs) we can sprint through these then and then talk diablo i guess yeah, and then if we want to talk about my preview as well. But yeah, we can, of course. Yeah, we can do that. So cool. next yep. game is a Capcom game that uh, they'll probably talk about more in the showcase, but it is called Kunitsugami Path of the Goddess. Described as an action-focused game with horror themes and a colorful aesthetic. Yeah, it looks like... Um, it looks like Okami meets Ghostwire Tokyo, quite frankly. <laughs> Yeah. Just haven't seen if there's gameplay in this trailer yet, but just There is, yeah. It. If you go to like 145, uh, there is some. Oh, interesting. Okay. Looks like third person action, you know, fast paced, dodge rolls, these sorts of things. Very, very colorful. Very yeah, interesting. that's that's why I feel like Okami is the accurate descriptor there. Um, yeah. I mean, it's probably running RE Engine, so it probably looks fantastic and plays pretty good, too. Yeah. Capcom yeah, is on a tear at the moment, so... They really, yeah. they really, 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 really are. They really are. It's crazy. So, yeah, and that's, like, all of these, like, I think all of these are going to be on Game Pass, uh, which has been nuts. Like, so this one is also going to be on Game Pass, so it's it's great. Like, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, which, like, I mean, to be honest, like, why... Like, why would you? It's be? the best deal in gaming, and for whether you like it or not, it's like just yeah, just yeah. sign up, go get some games. Seriously, I yeah. don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Uh, next we have, from the creators of the Banner Saga games, Towerborn. Co-op adventure in an ever-changing world. Does that mean it's a live service? Please don't tell me it's a live service. We've got enough of those already. <laughs> it doesn't look like one. No. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Similar don't know. art style and such to the Banner Saga, from what, I looked, from what I've seen. And I hear good things about the Banner Saga, though. I never did sit down and actually play them, so... Oh, it's great, man. I reviewed all three of those games for Nintendo. Uh, oh, yeah. They're, they're fantastic. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really, like, really, really the only good. major strategy games I haven't really played in recent memory, so I should really get on that. They, are, yeah. they are exceptional, and they are definitely one of those games. If you like making choices and have those choices have consequences, you need to play the Banner Saga. Yep. It's been on the uh, backlog for friggin' ever, so I'll get to it. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Really, this, uh, really good. This new game looks pretty. Uh, definitely pretty. I'm curious yeah. to see how it plays out in the long run. Looks almost Yeah, like, I mean, Banner Saga is like literally one of the, I think, one of the most beautiful games ever made. It's ridiculous. Fair. Uh, yeah, it's great. Is this a side scroll? It almost looks like a side scrolling kind of yeah. like beat em up style, you know? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, Banner Saga is like, you know, um, this was doing that like kind of dour fantasy world kind of like game of thrones but before game of thrones was big um fair but yeah yeah it's it's good it's good now we're getting to the ones that i have not seen anything about yeah uh this is where a lot of the indies and double a's and such are coming in there's a All short right, let's teaser trailer here these. for yeah, still wakes get- the deep We'll just sprint through these, shall we? A little bit quicker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Death Stranding on an oil rig. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. First person looks, okay, more like our Resident Evil 7 on an oil rig. Could be fun. Yeah. Not much to glean from the teaser trailer, though, but, uh, yeah, you have my attention. What's next? We got Dungeons of Hinterburg. Which, running around, side-scrolling, doing some minecart stuff, exploration. It looks pretty neat. Yeah, I like the art style. Uh, so shaded. Very nice. Yeah, yeah not just side-scrolling, but <laughs> like also like you know arena combat, kind of like Bastion, some traversal, some puzzle-solving, stuff like that. It looks pretty good. Yeah, my sincere apologies to all the indie devs out there who are just, you know, screaming at me for not having actually sat down and watched it. I'm sorry. I wasn't there for the actual showcase. So, yeah, you probably deserve more attention than I'm giving. Apologies. I'll, you know, be sure to give it a proper look. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we got Elder Scrolls Necrom also, which is coming out in eight days. Um, yes, yeah, more Elder Scrolls. More Elder They're Scrolls online. It. it looks good. Yeah. It's got a new class. It's uh, focusing on a part of Morrowind, which is not in Morrowind itself, but it is in the Tamriel Rebuilt mod, and it's friggin' excellent there because the Tamriel Rebuilt mod friggin' slaps. Shout outs to it. Um, hi, Morrowind fanboy over here. So, yeah. Yeah. As a lapsed ESO player, I'll probably go back in to check this out because the new class and it's Morrowind. Like, I'm a mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's also leaning into the Eldritch, which is yeah, always yeah. very welcome for me uh, as a big Lovecraft fan. Yeah, Hermias um, Mora is front and center. So, you know, lots of Lovecraftian towers of books and tentacles and green fog and shit. 
Good yep, times. Yep, yep, yep. And that is what the new class is based on, is like making eldritch bargains and all these sorts of things. So The Arkansas. I mean, that's, that's, ex- I mean, that's, exactly, uh, that's exactly what I'm into. That's if there is if there's an me. outer god that's that's making a bargain for power, I'm taking the deal. Like you just gotta. <laughs> that's all you had to say. I'll see what yeah. that's about. Yeah, I'll hear you out. Yeah, yeah. City Skyline Two coming out in October. Uh, this yeah, one this looks announced previously. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that style of game, even though I'm big into like city builders. Just not that kind of city builder. So yeah, but. That there is a niche there that absolutely loves this, and I hope you're well served by it. So carry on. Yeah, my my general understanding is that uh, SimCity used to be the gold standard. That is no longer the case. Very much, uh, the, very much true. Yes. Yeah, City Skylines is is supposed to be just incredible, and uh, from everything that they were showing on this one, like just the the ideas, the kind of um like the gameplay elements and stuff like that um uh i mean it looks awesome so if you're if you're a city builder fan like come on you're definitely gonna be paying attention to this one (laughs) you've already bought it what are we talking about (laughs) what are we doing here (laughs) i mean it's gonna be on game pass so like you know yeah you kind of did sure give it a go and give it a go (laughs) yeah and last is uh, Don't Nod's game. I don't yeah, know how you would pronounce did. this, and I don't want to make a fool of myself. <laughs> I'm just going to say Jusant, because yeah. why not? Or Jusant? I don't know. <laughs> it's got a little bit of a Jusant. A certain Jusant. Yeah. yeah. Um, hard to say. Uh, not a huge fan of Don't Nod's general stuff, but like, it looks pretty. And... They have their niche and people love it. So, again, um, more power to them. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked Wampir good enough, but yeah, didn't didn't blow everybody's skirts up, including you know my own. Although I thought that was that was one of those situations where I thought that the ideas were were uh, far and away better than the execution. Uh, although I still thought that the execution was decent. Like I, to me, that's like definitely like we were talking about earlier, firmly within the double a, uh, space. Um, yeah. you know, which like doesn't really exist that much, uh, right now. Although there are some devs that are kind of bringing back that vibe, which I find we're, welcome. we're getting more into it. And I appreciate that. I think a lot of it is yeah. just because there's been so much like talent bleed from a lot of the bigger studios, just getting, you know, enough people saying enough is enough. We're done with this. We're going to make our own one. And yeah, I so, don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to work for ten years on something that's then, you know, gonna not live up to the ridiculous expectations of it, and then the studio gets shut down. I don't want to make Redfall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although oh, Arcane, Arcane is safe, so far as we know, you know. You say that, but there there was almost certainly talent bleed on that project just for that alone, and even oh, for sure. I think yeah. they said that, right? I think they said that, like. Like, I think so. And the fact was it that them um, or was it another dev where they were like, yeah, like 75% of the people who started working on this are not there anymore. Yeah, I feel like there was an expose about it recently and a, a number like that did come up. And even if not that number or the fact that there is, you know, X Arcane Studios went formed the studio that made Weird West and then made Weird West and it was good. So, yeah. I unfortunately the Arcane that we know and love probably yep. doesn't exist anymore unfortunately much like bioware it's that it's a name only 
Yeah, Alas. yeah. It, it was it was absolutely Redfall. Most of Arcane Austin. This is PC Gamer. Uh, report most of Arcane Austin's uh, Prey veterans quit during Redfall's development, and the ones that stayed hoped Microsoft would cancel it. Wow. wow. Around seventy percent. Yeah. It doesn't get more Dang. damning a headline than that, does it? Yeah, that sucks. Yes, I, I'm imagining they were hoping that they can't they would cancel it because like it's gonna hurt the studio reputation and also if they cancel it then you can start working on something else. Yeah. Um that, that you actually believe in that's actually <laughs> going to pull through, you know, all that sort of stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, really sucks. Yeah, that's, as a result, the AA space is, you know, filled with lots lots more talents and vets, and things like uh, this game are coming out. So, hey. Cool. I need to watch a trailer for Juicelon. But, uh, yeah. And that wraps up the showcase for Xbox. Yeah. Good stuff overall, honestly. Like, I had, I feel like I had more positive stuff to say about this one than I did the uh, Sony one last time. Mainly because I generally, a lo- yeah, a lot less live yeah. services that were all just like, this is gonna be dead in six months after launch anyway, you know? Yeah, a lot less of that. Yeah, I feel like this was definitely. I liked this showcase more. Um, I thought that there were de- they were like you know, unlike with the PlayStation thing where it was like, oh yeah, like this is cool. You know, I'm not into this, but this is cool. Uh, there were like way more games on this one where I was like, yeah, I'm definitely playing that. Yeah, I'm definitely playing that. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm, gonna get that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot more of that for me. Um, now, granted, like a lot, I'm I'm sure a lot of these games are not just gonna be on Xbox. Uh, oh, but certainly they're gonna be platform like multi-platform yeah. because that's just Xbox's mo these days. So like, yeah, we're just providing the infrastructure and the and like the um, what's it? The platform, I guess. You you can go there. You don't have to. Yeah, and but like, also like because I'm gonna have. Game Pass, like, it kind of doesn't matter. Exactly. We can pick it up and try it out and see where we want to put our time and money in. So, yeah. Awesome. That's great. Uh, Okay, so we're running. I'm seeing... We're, like, around an hour and a half. Did we want to do the other ones Uh, real quick? Or shall we move on to something else? They're a little more focused, and frankly, just Ubisoft is Ubisoft. It's like every game that they announce is an Ubisoft game. Um, They're all Assassin's Creed, even when they're not Assassin's Creed. Even the car games are Assassin's Creed. But they did show gameplay of a Prince of Persia game. Interesting. Yes, which I'm excited. Okay. I am excited (laughs) about... um, because I'm a big Prince of Persia fan, and I uh, want to love Prince of Persia, but like there were sands of time, and there was the early, early stuff, and that's about it. All the others yeah. have been very mixed and mid, and then they just did Assassin's Creed for like 20 games in 10 years. Yeah, it really disappointed me when they're like, "Oh, forget Prince of Persia, let's do this inferior thing in Assassin's Creed," and I'm like, "Don't you guys understand how much worse? How much not as how much?" Assassin's Creed is just not as good as Prince of Persia. Don't you guys understand? But like, we have look to at the make Sands of Time world games, and Assassin's uh, Creed does big open world. It does, <sighs> and I know it's probably more popular because why would they continue it if it wasn't more popular? But like, come on, come I on, mean, guys. look me in the eyes <laughs> and tell me that Assassin's Creed is better than Prince of Persia. You can't do it. You can't. 
the you best, can't do it. The best Assassin's Creed game is not as good as the best Prince of Persia game. I'm sorry. Sense yeah, of time the is best, too good. <laughs> the be, I, well, I was going to say Warrior Within. The best fair. <laughs> Assassin's Creed game is not as good as Prince of Persia Warrior Within. Like, it's just not. I, I, defy, I defy you. I defy <laughs> you to tell me and any Assassin's Creed game that is as good as Prince of Persia Warrior Within. You can't do it. You can't do it. And I'm sorry. I'm so, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for you, and I feel bad for the company that keeps doing it to you. Because you could have the gold. Instead, oh. we're just... You, Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft games in general have hit that point of just... It's not even like I hear it and I'm just, like, uh, disgusted or tired. Yeah. I feel nothing anymore. It's like Ubisoft announces Assassin's Creed. I feel nothing. Pure apathy. Yeah. It's just they have burnt out and then burnt out the burnout and no one cares. Like now, now I'm sure people do care, but it sure as hell doesn't feel like it. Everyone's just like, okay, yeah, move on. No one talks and, about this stuff. And as it, it has been said, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. <clears throat> yeah. And that's what they're engendering here with this. But but they're bringing back Prince of Persia. And not only are they bringing back Prince of Persia, but is a 2D Prince of Persia with uh, what we previously would have called Metroidvania elements. But now we're all aboard the ape train. Action platforming <laughs> exploration, baby. <laughs> you the forgot about Metroid that, didn't life. you? <laughs> it was in the back of my mind. I was like, we had a name for this, and he's going to bring it up. And I'm like, ah, there it is. There it is. Okay. <laughs> ape train. Yeah, so this is, this is, this is a, it's a 2D ape game, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad to make you lose it off that. Uh, just, uh, that's something, great. Something about the sincerity of the statement. It's just, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, great. No, it's okay. great. It's great. Real, real talk, the ape game looks pretty good. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. I hope it's good. And then there's Semi, gameplay. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's, so it says right here, semi-open world, which is normally a, a, or open world is a red flag in 3D games. In 2D games, not the same case. Yeah. Not the same case. Because at that point, you're, it's an ape game. It just means you can go in different directions and get certain Hell upgrades. Hell yeah, and go baby. Back to various we got them. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. All right, yeah, but man, I can't. You got me. I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait. And along those same lines of like you know two D two D apes, uh, I just got a press release that Nocturnal is out, which is another game that I saw at PAX. Uh, I did not know that it was so imminent, but I had a lot of fun with that at PAX, and so I'm excited to see if I can jump into that uh, later to kind of wet my whistle while I wait for. Uh, Prince of Persia to come early next year. Awesome. Uh, Keep me posted. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, of course, because it is Assassin's Creed, we've got Assassin's Creed Jade. We've got Assassin's Creed Nexus. We've got Assassin's Creed Mirage, which we talked about previously. Um, Man, I don't really think... I guess we got The Crew. We've got some other stuff. You know, X Defiance really... actually launching. Uh, the Division Resurgence is coming out. It's a mobile game, so whatever. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really care about anything else. Uh, Skulls and Bones closed beta coming in August. Ha, 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 ha. No, it's not. I will. Yeah, I will <laughs> believe that game is coming out when it is in not my hands because I'm not getting it, but in it, whoever else's hands. It has the, there. I don't know if you heard about the situation with that game. It has to come out. It has to be developed because they made a deal with Singapore and the dev team. Like, they wow. are on the hook with the Singapore government. It's like, you are releasing this game. We oh, yeah, because it's been it. partially funded. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's bad. It doesn't matter if no one plays. It doesn't matter if it's a massive flop. It's coming out at some point. It's coming out because we are, you are legally required to witness the release of Skull and Bones, which is one so One day silly, at some point. Yeah. yeah, one day at some point it will come out. But, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much... I don't know if you had any other thoughts about the Ubisoft uh, uh, showcase, but yeah. Uh, apparently, there is an anime based on Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Yeah. Which, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Captain Laser Hawk, a Blood Dragon remix. Okay. I'll sit down and watch that, absolutely. God, yeah. And then, of course, um, Star Wars Outlaws got a 10-minute gameplay showcase, which I'll have to watch afterwards, but I am keen to do so. Also, an Avatar game. Uh, yeah. Don't care. Avatar uh, The I'm Last sorry. Airbender? No, no. Avatar The Blue People, uh, James oh. Cameron's fetish, you know? <laughs> yeah. James yeah. Cameron discovers nature documentaries. Yep. So, do you think that James Cameron is to furries what... Um, uh, Tarantino is to foot fetishists. I'm gonna have to process that question for a while. I think that is a hmm, hmm. are they really furries? Do they quantify mm. furry friends uh, yeah. in the audience? Let me know. Yeah, let me know. Let me know. Or if there's some other term that you would prefer, uh, you know, when when the people are not like super furry but maybe they have like sex hair or something you i'm know? not a furry but <laughs> i'm not a furry but if you got if you but if you look like uh jake sully dm me <laughs> <laughs> also i'm not a furry but could you know summarize the plot of tears of the kingdom so you know <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, not much to say on uh, Ubisoft as a result. I'll check the Star Wars Outlaws and get back to you, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't care. Do not care. All right, what uh, what else? Uh, Capcom did a thing. Capcom do lots of things, and they're usually pretty good. So what do we got? They did a deep dive for gameplay for Dragon's Dogma 2. Uh, awesome. I need to watch that later. I haven't watched it yet. I am very keen to see that game because the first game was a very interesting set of concepts which didn't always come together, but I'm... It's the kind of game that has become more appreciated over time. It's like it didn't really land at launch, but it's like more people go back and go, this was onto something. And this is definitely, it's definitely developed a cult following for sure. Yeah, so I'm curious to see. So yeah. the world is four times the size of the original. That actually turns me off, but that's just how it is with games these days. Yeah. I prefer the focused, you know, experiences. But like, hey, Elden Ring can pull it off. Maybe they can. 
I mean, they probably yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. They're Capcom. They're they're on a yeah. tear. So, and and like hmm. honestly, like of the of the big publishers that have done open world games, I feel like Capcom is one where like they don't do it unless they need to do it because like Resident Evil is not open world, you know. Street Fighter, well, I guess Street Fighter Six is kind of like they kind, kind of, of added in a way. In open but, world uh, to it, yeah. yeah, but like the big, the big Capcom open world game is Monster Hunter, and and even that's not fully open world per se. It's still kind of like yeah. level based. You can just go into a bigger area, and it's more just like it's more just like a really big multifaceted level as opposed to an open world. So yeah, so there's always so a handful of them. One of the things that I'm kind of kind of getting at is like. We look at Ubisoft and it's like, okay, everything is open world. All the things are open world. We're going to put stuff all over the maps. This is just what we do. And Capcom doesn't, Capcom doesn't do that. Like they're not on the all aboard the open world, uh, the forever train. game. Yeah. Um, and so when, when, when they're putting out a game and they're like, this is open world and it's big, I'm more inclined to be like, Okay, I'll I'll hear them out. Yeah, you know, because they're they don't seem to be drinking the Kool Aid that like, mm-hmm. oh, every Bethesda game is open world. Like you know, even even the Bethesda published games are seemingly you know with your Redfalls and different things like this. Like they're seemingly being pushed to be more open world than they even need to be. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like um, but yeah, so I, I'm 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 curious, and I have definitely been told that as a person who loves wizards. And spellcraft and things like that. That Dragon's Dogma is like the thing that gets it right. So I am definitely open and interested. Um, obviously, the four times the size of the world of the original. I don't have a frame of reference for that because I don't know how big the original was. But I am a little scared off by that. But at the same time, like I have heard that like the meat and potatoes of of those uh, of the of that original game does stuff with magic that like basically nothing else does so i'm i'm intrigued yeah they uh i need to dig into dragon's dogma sometime soon i think yeah uh this next news was a bummer for me because i thought that this uh game definitely gave me like uh kojima vibes which is like a big first reveal trailer was like is this a is this a death stranding trailer what is this yeah yeah (laughs) i was definitely really interested uh pragmata uh, unfortunately has been delayed indefinitely from 2023 to an unknown year. So at some point in the future, they will release it when they feel it's ready. Not a, uh, not a great look, uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'd rather they delay it than not. Let's put it that way. Yes. I don't want something like that, that, you know, is an interesting premise, you know, like a Death Stranding, like, you know, maybe even a Vanquish or something like Bizarre, like where it's just like, oh, this is like weird. This is like just unusual. Um, We don't get a lot of games that like hit on those like kind of uncanny, like surrealist kind of vibes. Certainly Um, not in the AAA space or with a big name like Capcom attached to it. So I think that's what made it stand out the most. Exactly. Yeah. So when we get the opportunity to get one of those, I'm like, just take your time, which is how I feel generally about most things. But certainly in in this case, you know, when I think that there is an interesting 
maybe not idea, but an interesting atmosphere and interesting feel uh, that we don't often get. So, yeah. Yeah, keen. But take your time. Uh, what do we got then? We have, they Apollo are getting... Justice. Yes, HD remasters in a compilation coming to literally everything by the look of it. Yep. Switch, PC, all, all the systems. Awesome. Yep. Not a huge Ace Attorney mark, but I know plenty of people who are. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. Can't go wrong with getting that available everywhere. Have you tried Exoprimal yet? I have not, but uh, I have definitely... I, I know a bunch of people who are going to be jumping into this uh, open beta. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's um, June 16th to June 18th. Uh, I mean... And it releases in like a month anyway. So, you know, it's probably a good, what you see is what you get there in that beta, I imagine. And uh, general previews of this game say it's actually pretty fun, but it's this more than any other thing Capcom is doing recently. It feels to me like the, you know, dead in six months kind of live service. But I hope it's not the case, but we'll see. The core of it does seem pretty fun. It was very interesting. Uh, I, so I was playing Street Fighter Six earlier today. Um, and I popped in and they're like, Hey, the free pass and the paid pass are looking. And I like literally looked into it and it's like all avatar stuff, which I literally could not care less about. And I'm like, Oh, thanks Capcom for putting this, for putting in this stuff that I literally could not care less about. Uh, so I can just very easily be like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I get, thank you for giving me something and a live service like element that I can just ignore and never yeah. think about again. So that's, that's kind it's of there, like it's there. If you're into it, it's there. If you want it, hopefully you're not yeah. sucking into it too bad, but you're just like, no, thanks. I'm here to punch fools. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Should be cool. Should be cool. looks like big, dumb fun. And, uh, I think we all need a bit of big, dumb fun in our lives. Speaking yeah, of big, dumb they're fun, they're going to be able to out EDF EDF though. <laughs> Yeah, but I think they'll be. I think they'll be able to get people who won't play EDF. That is true. That is true. Which you know, Capcom has more of a draw than the EDF games. Yeah, that they probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of big dumb, uh, Ghost Trick remaster coming out on June thirtieth, and there's a demo right now, and your save data carries over to the main release, and it's on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, so if you want to play an old, formerly exclusive Nintendo DS game, uh, then do it. Enough people have told me it's great and worth checking out over the years that I'll probably end up doing so. So, yep. Yep. I'm definitely on those same vibes. Uh, have not played it, but always was just like, oh, cool. Ghost Trek. You know, why not? Sounds neat. (laughs) Yeah. And then we got, uh, last thing, Mega Man X Dive Offline coming to Steam, iOS, and Android. And God, can, can, you, can you guys please stop putting, uh, putting like awesome uh, properties on just mobile game stuff, please? <sighs> Capcom has been doing this almost longer than most others. I just wish they'd give it up already because, um, yeah, Breath of Fire died on the mobile vine and it's never coming back. And it's the one thing I want them to revisit because that series is great. But, um, 
Yeah, and same with Mega Man. I would love a new Mega Man game. Instead, we get a mobile game. Yeah. There can be good mobile games, but they're always despite that. Not because of. Yeah. Yeah. And they're usually gatches, at which point it's like, well, you just disqualify anyway. It really, it really, uh, it really stinks. And it's not like they've totally abandoned Mega Man. Like, Mega Man 11 didn't come out that long ago. That was just five years ago. Uh, or, hmm, five or four mm-hmm. years ago? Mm-hmm. I played it in 2018, but I don't remember if it came out in 2018 or if it came out in 2019. Uh, but anyways, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, that was, uh, I think the last uh, few games have been done, like, of any kind of Mega Man related stuff, have been done by Inti Creates. And Inti Creates has just gone off and done their own thing. Very yeah. similar. Like the Blaster Master Zero series, very good. It's just, and Gunvolt. Yeah. Yep. And Gunvolt is Yeah, very, Gunvolt very 3 Mega is Man. awesome. Gunvolt yeah, 3 is absolutely. awesome. I reviewed it for the show, so. Yeah, yeah so... It's, um, um, it sucks that Mega Man isn't getting the love, but you know the, that kind of style is being carried forward by the people who made the good Mega Man games in yep. recent years. So, uh, shout out to Inti Creates and all your stuff. Uh, check it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's all. That's all the uh, showcase stuff. Yeah, that's it. We've covered it all. Cool. So uh, let's see. What do you want to do? You want to uh, cover the preview and then talk a little bit? Oh, excuse me. Some of my You're beer came up. <laughs> uh, so, what do you want to do? Let's let's handle uh, Shadow Gambit and then maybe a little bit of uh, Diablo Four and then bounce. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. We'll uh, cover your preview and then we can put a spoiler warning if need be and go from there. Cool. Um. All right. So, I right now you can go to ign.com and search or or search ign Shadow Gambit. Uh, and you can find my preview. So I previewed uh, Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew. Uh, I've been playing that uh, for a while. I played uh, ba- I played the first act of the game. Uh, it should be about 25 hours uh, long when it comes out. Um, and it is coming to... Uh, PC, uh, PS5... Xbox series. So it is by Mimi Me Games. And these are the creators of Desperados 3 and uh, Shadow Blade, or what is it? Shadow, Shadow Tactics, Tactics Blade of the Shogun? Of the Shogun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they made that. And this is a, you know, top down isometric stealth strategy game set in a uh, fantastical pirate world. So an alternate reality, this is a place called the Lost Caribbean, uh, also called, like the, the archipelago is called the Timeless Isles, and this is very, very, um, if you're a fan of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, that sort of like, it's kind of a realistic world, but it also has like crazy elements of it, like zombie pirates and the touch like, of the supernatural in what is otherwise relatively grounded, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, Shadow Gambit takes that like touch of the supernatural and amps it way up, where it's like this is like all of the people in your crew are members of this like people group called the Cursed, uh, and they are either dead. I think I think all of them are dead. They might just be, but there's like one that's a dryad. There's one that is dead that was run through with a sword, like an astral sword. Uh, there's another one where it's just like, there's a couple of them that are just like skeletons. 
but like they have like these crazy powers. Like um, one of them can teleport, um, and the other one can like create, um, can like turn the ground into water or whatever, and then go under the ground and wait. You know, kind of like the um, uh, like Ravager Hydralisks from. Starcraft and stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's another, there's another, there's a big strong woman that has a cannon on her back and it's got like a hook inside so she can like pull people into it and then shoot them at other people. Like it's, it's absolutely mental. Um, it's really, really crazy. It is, uh, as I say in my preview, it is one of my biggest surprises from this year. Um, I think it's fantastic. Um, it's really good. The characters are like really quirky and weird. Um, and they're all like kind of exaggerated caricatures of like different kind of pirate tropes. So the main character, uh, Afia, is uh, Jamaican, and she plays like a very stereotypical but like amplified Jamaican dead pirate. And then there's Toya of the East, who's from Japan, and he is very stereotypically from Japan. You know what I mean? So the, there's. You know, you've got your 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 you know Irish pirates. There's all sort like anything you're looking for. Like we we got those tropes covered, you know. And uh, but in in a way that feels like very appropriate for the world. So it doesn't feel, uh, at least to me. Now I am a white guy from America, so take that with however big an amount of how however whatever amount of salt you need. If you need a pinch, if you need a grain, if you need a heaping helping of salt, however and much you need. on another handful because I'm pretty much the same except Australian, so. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I didn't think that any of the characterizations were offensive. I thought that it handled things pretty well. It's also, like, totally ridiculous. So, like, that's, you know, another big part of it. Um, but... Uh, there are missions of all sizes. You're you're going after these artifacts um, called Black Pearls uh, that can kind of revive dead members of this crew. Uh, you you know you go on missions to find soul energy. The ship is a living being. The ship, the Red Marley, uh, basically runs all of this stuff. You've got a skeleton crew. You're going around. You're trying to find pirate treasure and solve these mysteries while you fight against. Uh, like a supernatural like inquisition basically uh so it's like it's very it's very cool the 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 inquisition serves something uh someone called the burning maiden who gives them their own supernatural powers like spider-man like spider sense where like the highest members of their clergy basically can't be killed directly and so you have to like create crazy things that'll happen you know with the environment that will kill them uh where like they just don't see it coming uh you can also pause and like set up multiple you know type of attacks at once to like get really choice strategic uh like powerful strategic situations uh one of my favorites is so afia when she takes her uh sword out of her chest she becomes like intangible and can basically do a blink assassination where she teleports a short distance and stabs somebody uh Salady, the uh, ship's doctor is also a dryad and she can create spores that she blows in people's face and makes them just walk away from her in a straight line. She can also cause bushes to sprout out. She throws seeds out and it instantly causes a bush to sprout out. So I had a great combination where 
I would have Aphia do her teleport strike on somebody. And at the same time, I would have Salady throw the seeds on the person so that I would instantly be uh, both the dead person and my uh, crewmate would be inside of a bush. So I would kill somebody and then instantly get rid of the body and uh, be hidden away. And it was awesome. You know, that's really neat. Yeah. You know, there, there's characters that can that can whistle and cause people to come to them. There's a character that can throw a coin and cause a distraction. There's a character that can possess other people's bodies and then like walk around as them and gain access to like secure locations and things. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do in this game. And it's like it's it's super fun. It's beautiful. You know, it's it's it is definitely, uh, you know, well voice acted and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I had an absolute blast. and I can't wait to play more. So. So yeah. did you play uh, any of the previous games, like the aforementioned Desperados 3 or um, Shadow Tactics? So I did not. Uh, I have heard good things about them since then, um, but this was definitely my first Me 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 uh, game. Uh, but man, I'm, I am sold for sure. Yeah. This is basically their warehouse, right? Like the, the two previous games, as mentioned, are you've described everything that they have is similar mechanics are already there in certain places, but all those games are grounded almost. It's like they are set in Japan. They are set in the wild West. There's no super fantastical elements, things like that. It is, you know, more what you see is what you get. Here are the characters, here is their things. It's not anything out of history or supernatural powers or anything like that. And But the core concept is still very similar. It's like we are doing stealth missions, we have stealth kills, yeah. certain things like that. Certain enemies are tougher to kill and need more elaborate such. But these games are great. They're not really my kind of thing because i tend to be too much of a perfectionist and so rather than mm. just letting the chaos play out it's like i end up quick loading a lot and it's like get it right get it get it right and then it, i suck the fun out of it for myself and well yeah <laughs> i may have some good news for you because tell. quick save and quick load are actually parts of this game and parts of the story so one of the red okay. marley's powers is it has control over memory and time so there is a straight up a button right on the screen that is capture memory and then restore memory. So they they will capture those and they they very quickly are they are all about iteration. Like and I I talked about this in my preview, but awesome. <laughs> they are all about that. It is baked into the thing. The main character when she finds out that the Red Marley can do this, she's like, "Well, no wonder that like the the captain and his crew became legends because you guys basically can't lose and they talk about it and they you know they are you know the 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 Aphia is like are there any limits to this power and she's like only limits that are set by the captain uh but the 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 only difference is i can't restore a memory that's over a day old uh but like yeah, other than that and the fact that it, it basically operates on the scale of like an island like that's the area that it has control over. But within that, like your ship basically controls time. So being able to, to be like capture a memory, try something, go back. And like, it's literally just like two or three button presses and it's, it's very fast also. Oh, I, I am so in love with any game that takes that kind of established game mechanic 
thing and just pulls it into the narrative and just yes. plays with it. I'm like, oh, yes, you yes. are speaking my language. Oh, okay, yes. okay. So and, uh, the fact that they're acknowledging that, I, that helps it a lot, I feel. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it, it, it is baked in and exactly. In fact, there is a part of the, now this is probably not going to be for you, but it will be for other people. Uh, there is a, so there are granular, I don't know if this exists in the other games. There are granular difficulty settings where like, you can affect uh, how much ammo that you have, how fast enemies react, how aggressive they are, like how much damage they do, how much health you and enemies do. And then there's also a difficulty setting for your memory captures. So in, in, in every difficulty, even in the highest difficulty settings, at which point the game is like, don't play this unless you've already beaten Shadow Gambit. Like don't like no matter how good you are at this game, unless you've already done all these missions, don't do the hardest difficulty setting. That's how hard it is. Um, even on that level, you have unlimited memory captures, but you can also change that where you have like only 20, only 10 or five or three or two or one or whatever. Like, so you, you can even, if you really want to push it and be like, you only have this many like effectively quick saves, like you can play around in that space as well, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Okay. No, they are. Well, the, <laughs> I knew it was you, not for you, you but been, yeah. No, you even like maybe I won't switch that particular part off, but like no, you have me. Like yeah. these games again, they know what they're doing. Like their game, the games in that style are extremely good, versatile. Lots of different situations in which the. Uh, comparatively like you don't have a huge amount of abilities for each character but the situations in which you have to deploy them and the combinations of characters you have i usually really keep you on your toes and keep things fresh there's lots of little uh like optional objectives inside things you can do in addition mm. little things you can find and it's like yeah no these games are great and it sounds like they're doing that again but it's like three games deep now they know exactly what they're doing they're really leaning into it and the fact that they're now just branching out and going, we're gonna, we're gonna go supernatural with it. We're gonna what go we some get, fancy we're stuff. Get weird with it. We're gonna get weird with it. <laughs> and quite frankly, there's a dearth of good pirate games, right? Like you'd think yes. there'd be more of them, but there aren't. There's just not a, not enough of them. So anything like that, I'm like, yes, great. This sounds, yeah, no, um, uh, sign me up. I'm interested for sure. Yeah, you've sold one me. thing. Yeah, one thing I also think is is interesting. I'm not sure how much this is true with the other games. Is that I really one of the, the the biggest things that I like is that they give me tools and they give me you know environmental uh, kind of access to things like crates or cannons or whatever that I can like interact with to like take out enemies and things like that. They also, it's like, like in Hitman, you're like grabbing bodies and hiding them so that people don't get alerted and this sort of thing. Um, but I really thought that it, cause they give you like multiple stage starting points. And then, um, there are multiple ways in and out of each of the like sub areas in each Island. Uh, but within those, um, you know, enemies are patrolling like they are in Hitman, like they are in these other, these other sorts of games. Uh, and so like each, like it feels like each level is a bunch of like building blocks put together and each one of those building blocks or sub areas is like a very specific encounter or puzzle that you have to solve. But the way, the order in which you do all of them, or even how many you do at all, like you don't have to take out everybody. You can just get in and get out 
and that's fine if you want to. Uh, but I really liked how like it felt at the same point, kind of like open world, open concept, and then still very much like bespoke crafted encounters. Um, and that, that sort of stuff. And that really like resonated with me. I'm not sure. If yeah. Like that. Um, no, that you're describing Desperados three very much. So okay. I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, hundred percent. That was a lot of what was good about those games is that like, there's almost like a, you have a main goal, a couple of things you need to do, but there's also like a checklist of different things you can do and how you go about them and such. And you can just make your own challenges of, yeah, I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. And so, yeah, cool. So it's again, sounds like they're leaning into it. Sounds like it's still just that. And, um, yeah, they have a niche and they're sticking to it and they're perfecting it. So yeah, sounds awesome. And, and something I think is really cool is that this is the first game that they are self-publishing. So this oh, is awesome. their this is their IP. They have all the rights to it, and they're both developing and publishing it. Which means if this hits, they're going to be in a in a pretty good situation to continue doing whatever it is that they want to do. Which I always love seeing that, particularly in. Uh, development teams that do a good job, know what they're doing and just are kind of iterating and improving on that. Uh, and like, I like Japan. I like the West. Okay. But this is definitely like a setting that I'm very much into. And, you know, the supernatural aspect, the, you know, magical aspect I'm very into, you know, I'm a big pirates of the Caribbean fan. So like being able to go into a world that is like, even crazier than that maybe uh like a uh, man i'm i'm in you know yeah no it sounds great sounds great having <laughs> having played it. this and not like not being aware of this development team and their bona fides uh i'm just like well this shot like to the top of my list of like most anticipated games of this year which is a ridiculous thing to say in 2023 because how many freaking good games have already come out? How many good games like does it look like are going to continue to come out? Like, what is this year? A good one. About time. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. It's uh, yeah, fantastic. So, anyways, that is that is that. Uh, so yeah, that's Shadow Gambit. You say when's it coming out? Uh, Shadow Gambit, the Cursed Crew. Let me take a look. Oh, it might not actually have a release date yet. Hold on, let me check it. Still TBD, but that's fine. Yeah, oh, the August seventeenth. Okay, soon. Awesome. Yeah, no. Um, I will probably wish list that one. I think. Yeah, it says on Steam August seventeenth, twenty twenty three. There you go. Two months, baby. Consider it wish listed. Keen. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's uh. It's gonna be good. If, if it's. I, because of the of the the high pedigree of this, it's kind of like the like uh, playground games thing, where it's just like I Does, previewed. They it. have a base level, you know, they're probably going to hit. Yeah, so so I'm kind of like I, I'm fully expecting the high quality that I played in the first act to carry through to the final product. Like, why why wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, you know, it's cool. It's good stuff. I'm big into it. Very good. All right. Anything else we wanted to talk about or cover ahead of uh, the big topic? Oh, man. Well, let's. All right. So here's here's what we're going to do. 
ladies and gentlemen, viewers, listeners, we're going to talk about Diablo 4. Now, we're going to talk about Diablo 4 in a spoiler-free way because we're also going to do a Diablo 4 spoiler cast that we're going to do as a separate episode. So we might not do that now. If you're watching that on the stream, we might not do that part now, but we're going to, we're going to figure it out. But yeah, what we, we are going to do here, but, uh. <laughs> yeah, we've already been going, uh, we've already been going two hours. So, uh, but we definitely want to talk about this, whether or not we also do the spoiler cast today or right after this or whatever, we definitely want to cover it. So, uh, but you don't have to worry about spoilers. We're not going to talk about that, but we are going to talk about uh, big picture. Uh, Chris and I uh, have both beaten Diablo 4. Uh, I think Chris has also uh, gone into a little bit of the post game, which I have yes. not started yet um, because I was handling some other things as well. But I do want to get into that. So uh, we, you don't need to worry about that, but this will be the last topic of the night. Uh, and then we are going to do a big meaty deep dive spoiler cast uh that is not i want to talk episode. about the plot but not yes <laughs> we want to dig in we want to dig in deep because there is there is a lot to talk about um and uh i also know that will was not able to make it tonight but i know he does want to talk about this also uh particularly yeah, it might be because best just to postpone just so we can bring will along because yeah yeah there's yeah. I want to talk story with him. He knows his stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be really good. And I know that he's played it several times and it has more experience with more characters uh than I do. But uh man, what a freaking what a you know, t- talking about what a year, what a game. Like, like just just top just top levels. Uh how do you feel? Like now that you know, you and I both beat this game over the weekend. Uh how do you how do you feel coming away from I it? forgive you for the release state of Diablo 3. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive you for Era 37. I forgive you for the Disney friggin' Saturday morning cartoon plot that you turned it into. Because congratulations, you made Diablo 2 2. You yep. made a proper sequel at last. You hit it out of the park in terms of tone, atmosphere, music, presentation story writing characters and of course gameplay loot systems 100 yeah. percent. i was not expecting it to be so polished so complete right out the gate right mm-hmm. like it's a live service it's going to be live service stuff but it's like this thing shipped and it's like yeah we got a six-act story we got all that we got a big open world it's got a bunch of stuff we've got five fully fleshed out separate classes all the items and then like three end game systems already here good yeah. to go the kind of thing that normally gets patched in later yep it's like this has already got more stuff and better than like reaper of souls a couple of seasons in yeah this is incredible the pa- yeah. the value package even if you never touch it again you just buy it now for the price play it there is so much here yeah <laughs> it is incredible what they have done with this and it's good it's just at a consistent level of good and i was not expecting it i really was not expecting it to be this this polished this strong all the way through and yeah, yeah especially not from you know modern activision blizzard right yeah yeah that that is true now what i will say is uh 
Diablo 4 is being led by somebody who is new to the Activision Blizzard family, which is Rod Ferguson, who comes yes. from the coalition, who was in charge of Gears 4 and 5, uh, which are two great games. Like Fantastic. Um, and so I have definitely heard... Uh, I have definitely heard people say that like, uh, you know, he, he is just a person that you want in charge of your projects. And that definitely seems to be the case. Now I, I met, uh, I met Rod and the rest of the development team at the coalition when I went to, uh, to preview, uh, and like to, to the, uh, like, uh, hmm. I guess the PR event before it, because it was like, it was like we were testing out different things. We didn't get access to the whole game. Um, but when we, when I went to Canada to see gears five, um, like we went out to dinner, we spent a lot of time, you know, with that team, Rod and the team are great. Like they're super, super friendly. He's very personable. Obviously he was trying to impress me and the rest of the group of people that were there, obviously, but I never got anything other than just genuine enthusiasm for what he was doing and, uh, and a passion for leading the team to create something of a high quality. And that definitely seems to be the case here as well. And as somebody who has been a fan of blizzard for an incredibly long time, uh, since like Warcraft one or two, same um, here, it is awesome. And like the state, like if you look just around at, at at Activision Blizzard, like the state of some of the other things that are going on, like Overwatch Two is a mess. Like you know, it it is so nice to see like Dragonflight WoW is hitting again, and Diablo Four hundred percent. Like Blizzard is hitting like huge with this. Like this is, yeah, it is. I mm-hmm. do have some like niggling issues with the game like i think one particular one like you were talking about presentation and stuff like that um there were a couple of cutscenes later on uh in the game like very late in the game like last either last act or last two acts uh, i think the very last cutscene has some stuttering doesn't it oh lots of it for me yeah yeah yeah. lots of that but uh so like there were some performance issues (laughs) and then early on i had like some like rubber banding issues and I definitely had some bugs where um, I ran into a bug in Act Two and another one in Act Five where uh, I couldn't access a quest thing or I couldn't access loot. And then when I backed out of the game and went back in, I lost progress and had to fight a boss again. Um, but other than that, and then the fact that like, there were two um, really good cutscenes, but that were not uh, cinematic. They were in engine, and they were doing like really, like punch close character close ups. And I didn't think it looked great. I think other than like those very specific things, I agree with you. Like I think the game looks great. It generally plays really well. Um, I just. I hate that it's always online. I think that's garbage. I think that's garbage when basically any game does that. Uh, you know, unless it is multiplayer exclusive, like if it is a a like multiplayer shooter that is only a multiplayer shooter, then that's 
fine because effectively it's going to be online requirement. Um, but if there's any like single player aspect of it, like I, I don't, I don't agree with that. But I, I think that, like, agree with that sentiment generally. I think yeah. there's a deeper discussion we have to have on that point with Diablo 4 itself is like, does it qualify? You know? And I feel yeah. like, yeah, there is a single player plot you can play solo, and it probably should have that functionality. But I know Diablo 3 didn't either. And we yeah. keep going down towards that road, and, you know, I know why they're doing it, and they're trying to justify it with the MMO light aspects and the events and the end game and such. And it's like, we should have a discussion about whether we feel that's worth it or not. Those are cool, but also you could do all of that in Diablo 3 and the console versions did not require an internet connection, whereas now they do. And but the PC version did, and even in single player, it had latency issues at launch. I had that problem. I died repeatedly to the final boss of Diablo 3's base thing, despite mm. not getting hit by anything because I'm dodging, because I live in Australia. And they didn't have yeah. oceanic servers in a yeah. single-player game, and, so that, and that sucks. This is yeah. something they've been doing for a while. And <laughs> I don't uh, approve I mean, of it. So. This was this was already like a news thing. One of the people who got to level one hundred with a hardcore character, their character died because they disconnected. This yeah. is why I literally did not play hardcore on PC. Uh, I waited until I had the console version. The like I think it was like Reaper of Souls on PS4, and then Xbox One. Uh, to play hardcore. And then I absolutely played through the entire game on hardcore and didn't even have that hard of a time with it. But because of the online requirements, like you take your life in your hands, man. And, uh, and I wish that they were, I wish that they were better about that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, all of that is just like, those are tiny little things. The always online thing is not a tiny thing for me personally. Uh, but I think that in spite of those things, I think that Diablo 4 is... Actually, hold on. Let me pull up my backlog real quick. Because before I'm, before I'm going to say something that I might regret later. Okay. Backlogged.com slash U slash Ribnax. Where are my lists? 2023 favorite games. Let me look down this list. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Ooh, Wild Frost, World of Horror, Street Fighter VI, Ooh, Spider of Lanka, Mage Seeker, Triangle Strategy, Diablo Four. Yeah, Triangle Strategy was last year though. It was, but I play. I finished it this year. Okay, fair. So it's on. <laughs> it's on the. It's. It's not like I, I have a high on life on here. You know, I've got like I've got something. Tianatini's Wonderlands. You know, I've got... Uh, so it's more about West. stuff you played when you played. It's stuff it. that I played okay, this yeah, year, cool. yeah. So I'm keeping track of that sort of stuff. That's you know, fair. Season, Hogwarts Legacy, Hi-Fi Rush, Dead Dead Cells. Dead Cells definitely didn't come out this year, but the Castlevania no. did. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so I beat... Dead Cells slaps, I, though. <laughs> yeah, I beat Dead Cells this year and then went into the Castlevania DLC uh, right after. So, yeah, so I think of those games that I played, Diablo for my, I mean, it's definitely in the conversation. Um, dang, why is why is Tears of the King? Oh, I yeah, I wasn't when I when I did this last, I wasn't totally sold on Tears of the Kingdom. I think now I'm like I'm getting there, but I'm salty about I that mean, about that patch, that forced patch. Anyways. Yeah, fair. 
But uh, <laughs> well, but yeah, I'm one I of th- those people who has more grievances than most with Tears of the Kingdom, and so I don't think it will be my game of the year. Like I already, I can tell you, it's not going to be my game of the year. I yeah. like Diablo Four better, um, yeah. and I have you know fairly strong reasons for that, which is a full topic for a spoiler cast one day, but, um, yeah, I don't have the, I don't have the (laughs) Diablo four. doesn't have anything like breakable weapons that I can like, just really rail against or like just generally how that does it. You know, it's one of those things where that feels good to play in Diablo and that is an improvement. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know, I think that the tears of the kingdom is definitely a more polarizing experience for me. Like when it's, when it's hitting, it's really hitting, but when it's not hitting, man, it's just kind of a tedious slog that I find yeah. really annoying. Diablo 4 you doesn't really have, have any of that. You have to be willing to dive into the sandbox to really get the most out of it. And what it allows you is impressive. Diablo yeah. 4, none of that. It is focused, even despite being, you know, kind of big open world e thing with a lot of side content and stuff you can do. Just all of it, all the systems is just so focused. It's like it knows what it wants to be, what it wants to do, has a plan, executes on that plan, nails it like 99% of the time. There's uh, certainly a few, you know, little things, like I did have bugs and such as well, and a few little errors. Uh, I rubber band a lot. A lot of that can be attributed more to, again, latency. Yay, Australia. But, um... By and large, still, the experience was just ugh, so strong. So goddamn yeah. strong. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And that is one of the things that I like most about it is that, like, of all of the games that I've played this year, uh, just, like, looking through this, I think maybe other than, maybe other than, like, Triangle Strategy, Humanity, and uh, the Spider of Lanka DLC for uh, Case of the Golden Idol... Like, I think that my experience with Diablo is, like, the most consistently awesome. Like, those games are, like, definitely, like, of a single piece, and the none of them require an internet connection, so, like, you don't have to worry about servers or anything like that. But I think that, like, the fact that Diablo 4 is as feature-rich as it is, is as... Um, uh, well done in, from from the minute details all the way out to like big picture looking at the story, how it handles its characters. Um, I fun like crazy uh thing, but like when I got to the end of the game, uh, and like they the so in in the credits they they show a lot of like concept art and key art of like all the different characters, and we were going through, and I was like. I, this might seem like a small thing, but I was like, I remember that guy. I remember his name. I remember that. I think there was one person from like very early on, um, that I like didn't remember their name, but everybody else, I was like, I know all of these characters and I like all of these characters. Like, I think that they do a really great job with something that is hard, like something that is really hard, which is creating characters in a world that you care about and telling a good story with them that makes sense with all of them, like with all of them acting together. Like that is hard to do. Uh, I agree completely. I feel like they, they did a great job on both the protagonist and antagonist side of things and the supporting characters. Like (laughs) I, I, I can't think like there, there's, one of the things that I wanted to say is like, is like, wow, congratulations. Like Diablo two and Diablo four are just the best Diablo games. And we talked about this earlier. Like 
recency bias is a hell of a drug. And as critics, we really need to be cognizant of like very much so. Yeah. Before we make crazy hyperbolic statements, like Diablo four is the best Diablo game ever made. Now I say right now, I'm definitely thinking that that is possible. It is possible that Diablo four is the best Diablo game ever made. I definitely think that right now it is either Diablo four or Diablo two for me. And they feel very close. Like they, 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 and I did not play resurrected. So like, this is still like OG and Lords of destruction Diablo two that I'm thinking about. And at this point, honestly, I'm thinking about maybe buying resurrected and playing it, uh, just to like go back and do that. But, um, one of the things that I can say is that I feel like there are there are still parts of Diablo 4 where it kind of felt like Diablo 3, where it like felt like an action game and I kind of lost the terror of it. Whereas like in Diablo 2, I always felt like kind of freaked out by just like the places that I was. Um, That's fair, yeah. And so I feel like in atmosphere... And in like, I mean, two has Deckard Cain, two has like that iconic opening of like, forgive me, Tyrael, you know, like that, like, I feel like there, like there is a a degree uh, of which Diablo two is kind of crunchier, like in my memory. And part of that is probably when it came out and, and how long it's been baked into my memory, you know, how long I've been saying to, to people, stay a while and listen, you know, like Iconic, but, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, and like the 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 fact that like I, I'm looking at like, oh man, like act one, you go down in the into the into the church or like into this place and you fight on Dario and like it's so crazy. And then you go later and you're you like doing all of these things and you're going into this crazy astral plane in the desert and you're going down into these like pyramid things with the cat people jumping all over and you go down in the sewers, you know. Like there, and then Duriel jumps out and ruins your day, going looking for bail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's so much of that that is like so good, but I think you put it. I think you put it beautifully. Uh, like they made Diablo two too. Like this, this feels closer to that than anything else that I have played. So I think, I mean, one of their stated goals is like they wanted to kind of go back and you know recapture some of that old kind of feeling like they wanted to bring that back and man they they you know you said it they they knocked it out of the park i really think that they succeeded on 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 basically every level uh which is like man like yeah because we got we got to look back at how much of the gaming landscape and in general just like the gothic atmosphere in games was kind of established by early diablo games like you had First Diablo, Diablo one and, and then two, you yeah. basically had Soul Reaver. Like yeah. Soul Reaver kind of did that, and then Diablo two, and it's like, yeah, okay, those are the ones that really codified it. But so much of how, like, the gaming language in terms of like systems, item rarity, colors, things like that, so much of it is owed to those first two games, and just how it reads, how it plays, how it looks, how it feels, all of that. And this goes right back there. And that's what really gets me. It's like, this feels like it's a love letter to that, to that, what codified so much of the, that entire subgenre of atmosphere and gameplay systems and such. It's like, here it is again in all its glory in 
you know, the best possible graphics and the highest quality cinematics the Blizzard has ever put out, like that last one in Act 6. Mwah, incredible. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just... Ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> that, I, that, I'm it, very it excited really to play it again. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, I, yeah, it's... Uh, like we said, banner year for games. And, Absolutely. Uh, it uh, it keeps going. But yeah, one, one of the great things about, about this is like, Diablo 3 is great, but Diablo 3 is is great in spite of what it was and largely because of what it became like with Reaper of souls. Like it became kind of a different game. It Um, was a bad game until Reaper of souls happened straight up. Like, yeah. And and I I still defend it. (laughs) I still enjoyed the base game, but that I think that makes me kind of an outlier. Um, the great thing about gameplay aspects to it. I liked, so I hated the story. The story just made me want to, couldn't stand it so yeah <laughs> it's it's not rise of skywalker level for me but i definitely was mm, yeah, like a few things are <laughs> yeah that's true but at the same time i like they're definitely i i felt like it was good through i i feel like act three and and the end i i didn't like but i thought the beginning and middle were fine um but this is definitely not like that uh, the, not at all the point that i wanted to make is like diablo 3 i think now diablo 3 reaper of souls is considered like a great game uh it became good but yes. diablo 4 is great out of the gate and how much better can it become you know yeah because we're, we're, the interesting we're thing with a much stronger foundation this time around and so i i can't wait to see where it goes from here what I find most interesting is that the the main competition and benchmark for it is not even Diablo 2 or Diablo 3. It's Path of Exile. That's the yeah. big thing that it has to beat. And I'm one of those sickos who does play Path of Exile and you know goes back God, every other season Josh or so. How do I keep attracting co-hosts that are sickos for Path of Exile? I like it, Diablo games. It so must I'm be something about like Path of Exile. <laughs> I feel like I might be the only Diablo lover that doesn't like Path of Exile. That's crazy. That's fair. That's fair. Like, there's, yeah, there's similarities and differences, but it's, that always felt to me like they tried to make Diablo 2 too before, yeah. you know, Diablo 4 could even attempt it. It, was, it felt like a response to, we don't like how Diablo 3 went, let's do our own. And it is built up from there into this, you know, see, like the pinnacle of like what seasonal content and stuff does and how you can just go in, roll out. It's like, here's a fresh reset, play for three months, try a new build. We got a new mechanic. We brought some old stuff back. We're constantly building up to it. It's got a lot going on and I regularly enjoy returning to Path of Exile. So I'm curious to see how Diablo 4 will stack up to that in the long run, how it handles like seasonal content and things like that. Yeah. But like just as a box product, like it kicks the shit out of it. Like Diablo yeah. 4 kicks the shit out of Path of the Exile at a base level. Like the end game might be more in Path of the Exile's favor, but like it's hard to say. And they've had a lot more time to perfect it and build up on it. Yeah. Like Atlas mapping was not like it, it as it is now is not like what it was. So and I definitely it's just will very say interesting that, like, <laughs> yeah, for, for sure, for sure, like out of the box, Diablo Four is better. I also think that, like, uh, from an ease of use standpoint, 
I think that Diablo 4 oh, is like leagues, 100%. leagues beyond it. Um, and, and I think that, uh, there, there definitely is an element, uh, of which of path of exile that like kind of embodies the, I, I don't want to say inscrutability, but I guess maybe the, the like ability to get lost and not really know what you're doing, uh, that Diablo two had and Diablo four doesn't really seem to have that. Uh, so if you're, you know, if you're, if you're going for that, then like that might be something that Diablo four is not necessarily going to deliver for you. But, um, I think basically on every other front, uh, Diablo four, like has a pretty robust end game progression system that is very, uh, path of exile, but they don't shove it in your face from the beginning, which means you have time to get warmed up. Uh, before they do it, which I prefer as somebody who was thoroughly intimidated by the path of exile system uh, immediately. And the fact that you are making decisions that like are going to be locked in. Uh, I was just like, okay, okay. Okay. Like I'm a little scared, you know, but yeah, you you hit level two in path of exile, you open the skill tree and then 90% of players break and uninstall on the spot. Like, that's yeah. the kind of power that shit has. You look at that yeah. thing and you go, man, the sphere grid ain't shit. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. it is nuts. The funny thing is that Diablo 4's endgame has a system like that, but you don't get to look at it. You don't even get to see it until level yeah. 50. It's yeah. a locked out thing that you cannot click in any way until yeah. you get to level 50 and like, you've seen enough, come on in. Let's yeah. see. Let's see what you got. <laughs> yeah, you've mastered our more linear uh, progression system. Now let's open the floodgates and give you some weird stuff to do. Now let's uh, let you build craft. Let's give you yeah. some uniques. Let's really shake things up. Yeah. Yeah. You had a great time in the narrative and such, and it's like okay, but now, now what's up? And yeah, whew, it widens up. It widens yeah. up real big. <laughs> it's cool. I it's really I'm cool. keen to play more of it. That's that's the thing that's telling, right? I finished the story. I played it all of yesterday after finishing the story. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go play it again tonight. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, I'm like, what do I want to do next? Do I want to push into the post game? Do I want to make a new character? What do I want to do? I, and I don't know, but I'm going to do both of them eventually. So same here. But yeah, it, it's it's compelling. the idea of having it something really is. of having a game that is this good with bones this solid. Uh, and, I, and I say that as a necromancer, I can say that. Uh, huh. but, uh, yeah, every 85% of people I know are playing necromancers and I, I, I can't talk. I did one in the beta, but I specifically picked something, not that just yeah. so I wasn't. And then, yeah, I, I've, I've been a necromancer since Diablo <laughs> two. That's just, you know, I was, they didn't have I, it. I in, said how they codified the language. Diablo two codified the goddamn necromancer language for yeah. all games afterwards. Yeah. And uh, they did not have it in Diablo 3, so I went with Witch Doctor. Uh, but then they did add Necromancer, and I switched right back. So I'm a, I'm a minion guy in these games. I love having people do my bidding. Uh, I, in World of Warcraft, I played Warlock for the longest time because I like doing evil stuff and having minions and all that sort of stuff. I like embracing the dark arts, so I'm all about it. It's just what's going to happen. If there's, we prefer if, the term morally questionable. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know, in the in the Dragon Age games, 
I became a blood mage. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I'm going to, if there's a forbidden art, I'm tapping right in. We already talked about Eldritch Bargains earlier. I'm, I'm doing it. You, I'm you doing said it. it. You're, you're following your heart. I, I respect it. If there's something that's <laughs> taboo or forbidden, if there's some sort of a secret knowledge that's too powerful for mortals, that's the first thing I want, bro. Give me that stuff behind the glass that's all <laughs> locked up. Hey, that book in the corner that's screaming? Give me that one. I'll check that one out. <laughs> I'll scream right back. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Necronomicon? It's my favorite. It's light time read. You know, I'm going to read that during my coffee break. But yeah. Anyways. No, fair, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really have a lot else to say other than the stuff that, that I really want to get into uh, on the spoiler cast. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Chris, we've talked so much about this. Do you have anything else uh, that you wanted to say about this? Um. I mean, yeah, a lot of it is just digging into the plot, right? I've covered most of the high-level thoughts and a few specifics and things like that. I will just say, like, of the five classes presented, like, all of them have a unique flair, unique gimmick, skills, uniques, and everything. All of that that just feel like they fit different roles and purposes, and there's a lot of buildcraft in all of them. I've mm-hmm. made some real... I played a rogue primarily through, uh, like, that's my main character, Um I fiddled with a couple of builds. There's a lot of variety in there. I just changed one recently entirely because I got a cool unique that I want to try out. Mm. Been doing that. It's great fun. It's flexible. And I know it's completely distinct from how Necromancer plays or Sorcerer or any Mm. other thing. It's like, yep, it's nuts. There's a lot of stuff in here. And I think somebody is going to find something that they click with in some way. So, Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Inc- really surprising, surprisingly good game that really harkens back to the glory days of Blizzard. Which, again, in modern actor Blizzard, and all they have done and all they are still not accountable for, hashtag fire Bobby Kotick. Good to see. Glad to yeah. see. Wish you yeah. didn't have to give money for it, but yeah, here's what it is. The devs are doing the work, the artists are making art. Yeah, it's just a shame that the executive class is constantly trying to ruin it at every step of the way, despite their efforts. Yeah, yeah, which thankfully doesn't seem to be the case uh, with Diablo. But you know, we're talking higher echelons, you know, that sort of thing. So. We'll see how the season passes and battle passes and shit shake out. It could still yeah. go very much the way of live service bullshit, and the microtransactions already kind of pricey and egregious they're frankly. really yeah they're really really pricey i will i will say like in these games i basically don't even look at any of that yeah. just because like you know i looked to check what was there and go yeah no goodbye yeah i'm not gonna do that again that yeah. as a base product it's like you could just play this play through it once put it down never touch it again never follow the seasonal stuff i would still a hundred percent recommend it i would still say it's worth your money I'd still say it's worth the asking price. Current, current standing game of the year for me. Yeah, easy. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think I think it's I think it's fantastic. And I, I to clarify what I said, I have looked at the uh, at the store and like seen what is on offer. A lot of it is very expensive, but basically for me in these sorts of games, not for uh, critique purposes, but just for my personal uh, purposes, I'm never going to buy any of this stuff. I'm never going to buy any of this stuff from the silver shop in destiny. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, so like for, for my own personal purposes, once I see what's in there, that's kind of it. And I just forget that it exists and just go on with my life. Yeah. 
Likewise, I th- but I know I know there are systems and such that do prey and exploit on for sure. people who are more susceptible to it. So absolutely, it's always absolutely. worth bringing this up. Absolutely, and and uh, and well done. Um, but and and on the on the other hand, uh, you know, like we were talking about it, this being like a full box product, it is totally reasonable and incredibly easy to if you're the type of person who. Uh, does not like like me does not want to feel pushed into microtransactions and additional purchases. There's none of that in here. Like, oh yeah, no, it's yeah. it's all just cosmetic stuff that you can unlock and stuff like that. It's like, not the Diablo no, model. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, fine. It's, it's none of that sort of stuff. You're not buying loot boxes or anything like that. Um, it's all direct purchase. Uh, very much in keeping with the World of Warcraft uh, store. Which is just like direct hey, purchase, you, cosmetic only kind of thing. Yeah, do, you do, you to, do you want a new mount? Do you want a new flex? Yeah, yeah. You want a new pet? You want a new outfit? Transmogrification or something like that? Um, and you can still get plenty of stuff in the game, both in terms of mounts, appearances, armor sets, unique stuff for uh, different character classes and such. You can make yourself look good without ever touching any of that, and yeah. probably better even. So yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. So yeah, well, that's all I got for the set. Yeah, I think that covers it. All right. Deep dive on the plot another time, and hopefully Will will be able to join us. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, I'll I'll check in with him uh, after this, as well as anybody else who might want to be on that, because that would be that would be a fun one. I'm really looking forward to that. There's a lot of juicy stuff in here. I really want to talk plot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we'll get to it soon enough. But for now, thank you all for joining us for episode 278 of the Platformers. Uh, if you want to watch the show live, you can check it out at twitch.tv slash which is my streaming channel. Uh, you can also find me on uh, on Twitter at twitter.com slash ribnax. And uh, we are working on uh, getting the named uh, version of my personal YouTube. So please follow the links in the promo to go over to the YouTube channel and throw me a follow. Please, 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 please. Uh, so that I can actually get like youtube.com slash ribnax. That would be awesome. Um, since we're pivoting basically everything over to uh, ribnax instead of the platformers, so it's just easier for me to handle all of the uh, all the announcements and everything. But yeah, you can also check me out on Backlogged, uh, backlogged.com slash u slash ribnax. Um, it's where I, I highlight all the stuff that I'm playing. I write little mini reviews. It's a great way to kind of just see what I'm getting up to and the stuff that I recommend, as well as my list, like we were talking to, uh, we were talking about earlier, that I referenced my favorite games of this year, uh, all the games that I'm playing, the games that I'm reviewing, all that sort of stuff. Uh, it, that's kind of like the main hub where you can find that. Uh, and you can read my uh, Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew preview right now at IGN.com. And there is a great video. It's a good read. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you very much. There's a, uh, there's a video up there where you can like see the moment to moment gameplay and some of the cool stuff that I was able to do, uh, in the game. I'm amped and, uh, you should definitely check it out. Chris, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me at my personal website, uh, much maligned, but needs to be you know, touched up a little bit, uh, versus the backlog, vsthebacklog.com. You can find me on Twitter at Delphia. I don't use it, but you know you can find me there. And otherwise, I am here and around the internet. You'll see me in places. Yeah. Thank you very much uh, for joining me for another episode, Chris. Uh, and thank you, everyone else out here, for uh, joining us for this uh, episode. 
We hope you have a wonderful week out there and stay safe because until next time, we are out. Peace.